What community sounds like? Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show, B Cups. B Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of tap to craft podcast this is season six episode five i am denny loose coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft the wells bro from tampa florida mr chris mckenzie how are you doing tonight and what is in your glass denny i'm doing absolutely amazing today i had a day off Ooh. today okay I don't, I don't know, maybe hell's going to freeze over or something, but <laughs> I had an amazing day out today. I uh, got to go to the aquarium and okay. uh, day drink and then stuff like that. And uh, in my glass today, continuing on with the day drinking, uh, we're going to have a beer from Three Sons Brewing down towards Miami, Florida called the Lumberjack Morning Break, which is a bourbon barrel aged imperial maple coffee stout. Wow, that's a mouthful. Now, Remember, I told you uh, before we started recording, this is not a 22-ounce bottle. Okay. It's a, right? it's a 32-ounce bottle? No. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a 500-milliliter it's a milliliter bottle, so we're at 16.9 ounces. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's a 13% beer, so if it okay. was, you know, it's, it's kind of in the middle. Okay. It, so you'll drink a six-pack then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, and then I've got, I've got a backup beer in my cooler sitting next to the desk. Just one? But it, if I go, if I go more than this, we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Uh, we'll see how you do at the end of the show. Yeah, we'll we see shall see. And uh, what about you, Denny? What are you drinking today? Well, let me get into what we're, I'm drinking as soon as I introduce another guest host, Chris. We have another person that wanted to join us on the show, Mr. Jim Kudsell. How you doing, Jim? I'm doing great, Denny. How uh, you doing? I'm I'm fantastic. I got a beer in my hand and. Uh, what, and, and I hope you have a beer in your hand. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I absolutely got a beer in my hand. It's a uh, New Belgium Triple in a 12-ounce bottle. So uh, hopefully uh, uh, I won't get uh, too looped on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like those Belgian triples. They're, uh, they're tasty. Not, they're not over the, the top uh, Belgian either. Are you a fan of Belgian ales? Uh, I... Not the singles. Like if if you give me a regular saison, whatever, mm-hmm. I, I just I just can't get there yet. But the doubles and the triples, um, I don't know. It, it just seems uh, something I can I can handle. And yeah. and this triple is really nice. It's not overly sweet. Yeah. Uh, it it is a little on the dry side, which is which is really pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I I uh, I I also didn't jump in the belgians right away i i try them and they were kind of too funky for me when i first tried them years and years ago and then it wasn't until john actually wrote in and told me hey you know what 
ease yourself into Belgians. Try some of these. He gave me some some Belgian ales to try, and uh, and just work your way up. You know, if you and once you try some, uh, you'll get the the taste for it, and eventually you'll want more and more. And he was absolutely correct. And uh, you know, I, I tried a couple of the ones he suggested, and again, these were like top top of the line uh, Belgian. You know, really good quality Belgian ales from Belgium. And I really enjoyed them. And then I just found, I, I think I liked the uh, triple was actually the first one I really enjoyed because it had good flavor and it was very tasty. And then I, I moved up into the, the Belgian dark strong ales and that's what I really fell in love with those beers because they had such great, uh, complex flavors in there. And I just, I just loved letting them warm up and tasting all the, the things that were going on in the beer. And then I, I've slowly, uh, worked up to the saisons. Now I, I love saison beer, and I, when I first had farmhouse ales and saisons, I didn't like them either. So there is hope that you and Chad, because remember last week mm. we had Chad on, and he also doesn't like saisons. So it seems to be saisons kind of a hard one to sell for the Belgian ales. But uh, don't worry, you'll you'll enjoy them soon enough. Maybe go to well, to Truck Brewing and try theirs. <laughs> Well, maybe if I get accustomed uh, to these triples, and instead of working my way up, maybe I'll work my way down <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and get to the singles. Yeah, I, I think my least there's two. My least favorite Belgian styles are the, the honestly the Belgian IPAs are not my favorite. I mean, some yeah. are pretty good, but some of them just don't you know work for me. And also, it's hit or miss with the doubles. Uh, the double ales. Uh, some are good, and some just uh, to me just don't taste very good. So I, uh, I'm still working on finding some some good ones. I think the double from New Belgium is actually one I enjoyed. Uh, so if you haven't tried that one, you should try that one. It's not too bad. But, uh, yeah, well, good. I'm glad you're drinking some Belgian ales. I'm trying to, you know, the Belgian ale episode of Tap to Craft is one of our our most most listened to episodes. Mm. It has probably triple the amount of downloads than any other episode that we've done yet. So it's, it's got a lot of people like to listen to our Belgian show. I, I take it you've listened to the Belgian episode? Um, I, how long ago was that? <laughs> that was a few years it back. It was like three, okay. three, three, three and a half years ago. It was one of the okay. first seasons. Okay. So. okay. So then uh, uh, the answer is yes, but uh, – the, the way Tara and I uh, listened to your show, we started about, oh, a year and a half ago, listening mm -hmm. to your uh, to your podcast. And I think we're we're up to we got about 12 more episodes to go before we're fully oh, caught up. Wow. I, I, I think we uh, we started to be contemporaneous uh, last Thanksgiving, <laughs> Thanksgiving 2008. Before that, we just started episode one and uh, kept on going. Oh, um, so every time we go on one of these road trips, uh, you know, we pop in the uh, the podcast, and that's what entertains us on our way to our destination. So uh, well, I'm sure we listen to it. But, <laughs> okay. uh, when you're listening to one after the other after the other, with you know, maybe three episodes in mm -hmm. a row. They, they like anything else they kind of tend to run together yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure for sure yeah it was i think it was episode 56 somewhere in there but uh, mm -hmm. but, if, but if you guys started on episode one you guys yep. are real troopers because uh episode one and two are my worst episodes that's when i was by myself and <laughs> right you were by yourself <laughs> yeah and that's the episode one is the next most listened to episode 
followed by episode two, which is the least listened to episode, <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that I, I, I've been wanting to go ahead and put in a little bumper ahead of episode one to let people know, hey, if you're listening to this as a first time listening to Taptic Craft, I urge you to please go listen to another episode that's more recent to find out what we've become because the first two episodes are just me trying to, you know, get my, uh, get things going. And it, and, and yeah, there's good information in there, but it's not the best, uh, pot, you know, the best show to listen to that people are going to say, yeah, I love this show and, and keep listening. And so maybe I need to do that because I, I noticed, uh, I'm going to talk about us getting on another, uh, podcast, uh, player. Uh, this last week, and sure enough, I go on there to see what shows have been uh, streamed, and I see episode one. I'm like, oh, no, not episode one. I don't want people to listen to episode one. I want them to listen to the later episodes, but oh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is the banter between uh, multiple people that really uh, uh, does it for me yeah. when I'm listening. Yeah, yeah, it's much better. It's much better. Okay, well, hey, that's a good little pre-show. Before we get into the show Though I want to let you guys know, I'm, I am drinking a beer. I'm drinking a beer from Ninkasi Brewing out of Eugene, Oregon. And this is their Otis Oatmeal Stout. I, it's not oh, a new one yeah. for me. I drink this beer all the time. And this is the one without the vanilla. There's no vanilla flavoring. Now, I prefer the one with vanilla because I like that little bit of a vanilla bean flavor in there with that really robust, dark roasted malt finish. Uh, this, this Oatmeal Stout is a hearty, hearty, highly bitter roasted, Multi stout. I've, I know, Chris, have you had the, the regular Otis? Uh, yeah, I've had both of them. I, and I actually, I think I like the regular Otis better than the vanilla. Oh, Otis. really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. And Jim, have you had Ninkasi Brewing all the way over in Maryland? Nope. I, I haven't tried them at all. Oh. Um, okay. I... Now, maybe they're here. Um, and I may have had it in the past. Mm-hmm. But, uh, my mind is such that uh, I I lose memory of uh, things like that, and that's why I have Tara around. Tara will remember everything we drank. Uh, you know, she'll tell me if we've been to this brewery, we've had this beer, <laughs> and I've only been on Untapped since last November. So mm-hmm. um, uh, anything that happened before then is just gone from okay. from me anyway. No, no, understood, understood. I I have a <laughs> I have a bad memory myself, except when it comes to beer. For some reason, <laughs> I can remember so many beers that I've had that, uh, that that's the one thing that sticks in my mind. I don't know why. Uh, I guess well, you remember what things are important to you. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's it. I guess that's it. All right. Well, let's get on with the show. Um, in case we have any new listeners, uh, I just want to let everyone know what Tap to Craft is all about so that if you are listening, that, yeah, we had some great pre-show banter going on here but there's more than just uh us chatting about our beers we're drinking of a night this is an educational podcast where we talk about uh all things craft beer because we want to help all of our listeners along in their craft beer journey that's a important part of our of our whole uh, mission statement of the podcast is to is to help people with their with uh, learning about craft beer and you're listening to episode 135 recording on monday september 23rd 2019 and in this show, we will discuss beer tourism, how to get the most out of your traveling beer adventure. And this is a topic that I didn't have to work on because 
our guest host, Jim, he went ahead and made a very, very nice outline of this topic about his experiences and his wife, Tara's, by you know going out and doing their own beer tourism many, many years that they've been doing this. And they've got some great tips to go ahead and pass along to our listeners. So I'm looking forward to learning about some of these tips. Now, I'm sure that most of us probably have some of these tips already in our mind, but there's uh, but they're still good to reinforce. And there's some uh, new ones in there, I think, that, that everyone will find at least one or two that they didn't think about, which I thought was uh, really great. And, of course, we, you've already had some of our great conversation. You can count on more great beer conversation as we continue along. And let's get that conversation going with learning about Jim's beer craft beer journey. Are you uh, are you ready for us to ask you questions about how you got started in beer and what your favorite beers are and all that? Sure. Okay. Yep. And, and, Go to and it. You're gonna re- you'll be able to remember, right? Uh, I'll try. <laughs> you didn't study for this, right, yeah. Jim? <laughs> Do we need to get Tara down here and help you uh, remember some of this? <laughs> well, uh, she's helping my son upstairs, so uh, we'll okay, have we'll, to get both of them. Yeah, but, we uh, can, you know, yeah, we can we can use a call a friend if we need to. Don't. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we can we can certainly do that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the first question is pretty easy. I like to ask people how you first got into craft beer. What was the first time you experienced craft beer, and did you enjoy it when you first tried it, or did you not enjoy it, and it took you some time later to actually enjoy what craft beer is all about? Uh, well, I guess I guess it uh, depends on how you define uh, craft beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I assume it's just something different than your normal mainstream, fizzy yellow mm-hmm. uh, uh, commercial big beer. Yeah. Um, the first time I had an IPA was in 1974. Wow. And um, I was a senior in college. And a bunch of my fraternity brothers uh, had gone to a tour of the Narragansett Brewery mm-hmm. in Cranston, Rhode Island. And they came back and they, oh, you got to go. You got to go. This is this great uh, thing. So I went down there. And uh, that's a whole story in and of itself. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a three-hour uh, experience. But uh, in the tasting room at the end, you could drink as much as you wanted within the, the, the time limit. Um, one of the offerings was Ballantine India Pale Ale. And, um, uh, you know, they went through the whole spiel about, uh, you know, the extra hops and going to around, uh, you know, the Cape of Good Hope and all of that stuff we've heard a thousand times. Um, but I tried it and I thought it was interesting. I, I had just drinking Bud and Miller mm-hmm. and whatever up until then. Uh, but for some reason it really didn't, uh, you know, just capture me the, the way I drink IPAs today because mm-hmm. IPAs are my favorite style right now. Okay. Um, but but I, I guess I thought of it more like a, uh, like I would maybe a, like a seasonal warmer these days. It's a little bit bigger in alcohol mm-hmm. and more robust flavor, but it, it just really, I, w- I, I guess I wasn't ready. Yeah. It didn't grab my attention. Um, and then, uh, you know, went through uh, college, uh, went through grad school. Then I went to work, uh, still drinking just the regular beer. And, and actually, at one point, uh, when I moved down to Maryland, uh, before I met Tara, I, I guess I got into wine more than beer because I thought that was more interesting. Beer was just <laughs> the same thing. Um, but then after I met Tara, we got back into beer again. Uh, 
And I guess it uh, progressed, you know, with, uh, uh, I'm originally from Massachusetts, so I'd go up there a lot. That's so Boston Lager, you know, mm-hmm. Sam Adams. Yeah. Uh, I said, hey, you know, this is interesting. It's a little more flavorful. Got into that. Um, then one time we took a, a little vacation to uh, Vermont. And uh, what was it? Magic Hat. Uh, they, they put out a lot of interesting offerings, number nine mm-hmm. and a few other things uh, that you, you just don't normally see. And I think it was at that point, it, it just started uh, growing from there. Okay. And and that must have been, um, not, I don't know, uh, uh, maybe 20 years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you... Uh... So you you had your experience at that craft brewery. It wasn't for you. Uh, you went back to drinking stuff that was affordable and that you yep. were used to. And then, so you went when you visit when you found Magic Cat. Did you at that point did you gravitate to the hoppy beers or did you did they have something else that you first started enjoying? Like did you find a lager that you liked or did they have a wheat beer or something lighter or did you? Go ahead and drink their magic number nine and just like, this is a beer. I need to have this beer. No, I I guess uh, even their beers, it wasn't like I I found one that I really, really latched onto. Mm -hmm. It it just opened my eyes a little more about what the possibilities were. Yeah. And I I think, and my story is probably uh, so common with so many other people. The first one I really latched onto that I said, you know, this is something I could drink every day and and uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Oh yeah, yeah, classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, when when I discovered that that was that was my beer. That okay. was my go-to beer for for I don't know how long. Then I got into IPAs. Yeah, it's it's kind of like an arc. You know, I started there. I I, I discovered IPAs, and uh, at one point I progressed. So the hoppier, the better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at one point, if I didn't drink anything but ruination that, you know, uh, just wasn't yeah. worth drinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but now, uh, you know, I've, I've gone past that point. And I think right now my favorite style are the uh, New England IPAs. Oh, yeah. They're a little bit softer mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm not into that hard edge, uh, you know, hoppiness anymore. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And. And, I, and it'll change tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah, it changes all the time as as beer styles uh, come and go, and as you you're, you you you're in a mood for something else and just kind of gravitate to that, you'll enjoy it. Now, inter- a couple interesting things that you mentioned. For one thing, you mentioned that uh, you got out of beer, started doing the wine thing because wine was the you know an in thing at that time, and then mm-hmm. it wasn't until uh, you got together with Tara. That you started doing beer. So does that mean that Tara is the is the beer lover that that uh, brought you back to beer because she already enjoyed some some good beer? Well, I guess uh, she was just used to drinking beer because her father used to have a keg on tap at home all the time. Uh, okay, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they're they're just used to drinking beer. So uh, I kind of get back into beer. Because I could go hang out over there and drink free beer. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's the best beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, it, oh go ahead oh i, I, I was just going to say well I, I don't know if i well i, I guess i'll say it uh <laughs> the the first date we had she spilled 
uh, beer all over me. So, oh. uh, so beer has a significance in our yeah, relationship. Okay. Yeah. She sounds like a good influence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she just wanted to get your shirt off, I'm sure. Yeah, I <laughs> That was a good move on her part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then one, one more question from me, um, because uh, you, you mentioned that you're enjoying the hazy IPA, and I'm enjoying the, the hazy uh, New England-style IPA myself. But uh, Tara, I don't think she really has grasped the haziness. She likes more of that strong, bitter IPA, from what I can tell from her check-ins. If, it's, if it doesn't have a a nice hoppy, uh, you know, bitterness to it. She's just like, yeah, it's not, not her thing. Is that true? Or is that just, I'm just reading too much into her post. Uh, you probably, she, I, I think her tastes are probably more broad than mine. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, I think she enjoys all the styles when I remember when he first started going to, to breweries, um, uh, I would always go in there. I would order a pint. She would, she would always order a flight. Oh, okay. Um, so I guess uh, at that point, she was more into experimenting and maybe had more of an open mind than I did okay. about all this stuff. Okay. That's good. That's good. So you need to have an open mind. So it's 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 kind of interesting. In our conversation before show and even uh, now that we've been talking, uh, I feel that uh, that Tara and I are kind of like like-minded in, in our beer and then you and my wife, Sarah, are kind of like-minded because she's also like a one, you know, she'll go and just get a pint or she would. Now she's more open to flights, but she was the, the she would go into a place and say, you know what? I know what I like. I want that. I don't want to mess around with stuff that I might not like because she's gets very upset if she gets a beer and it's not what, you know, she was intending. And so she she's always thinking that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to move for a beer. I want a beer that I'm going to enjoy. And it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, similar uh, behavior there, I guess. And, and actually, the way it works even now, uh, you know, we'll go in, we'll get a flight, we'll share a flight, and then I'll find one in there that I really like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I'll order a pint of that, and then she'll finish the flight. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. It worked. It worked. You got to taste each one and said, yep, this yep. is the one. Uh, that's good. All right. So, Chris, I highlighted uh, a few more questions here. You want to go ahead and take those? Sure do. So, Jim, if you had to pick, what do you think would be a go-to beer for you? Oh, a go-to beer. Well, pro probably the beer that I, I, and I can't get it all the time, that I like to drink the most right now um, is called Pulp Daddy. Oh, It's okay. a New England, it's actually it's a double New England IPA from uh, Greater Good. Um, they they advertise themselves as uh, the first American imperial brewery. I, <laughs> American I think, imperial brewery? I'm well, curious I think, what that I even think, means. <laughs> I, well, the, the, the lowest alcohol they put out is like uh, 7 or 8%. Oh, okay. So, so everything is like from 7% to who knows, uh, 12, 14%. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So everything they do is uh, higher end. Now, uh, I've been to the brewery. I've talked to the uh, the brewmaster, and uh, they've they have a lot of customers that really don't want to drink that much yeah. <laughs> uh, strong stuff. So what they've done is they have started brewing uh, more normal ranged alcohol level beer, but they put it out under a different brand name. 
Okay. So now they have two brand names. <laughs> uh, but the greater good, the Imperial uh, uh, is, uh, and actually, actually, that's the, the way I discovered that. My One of my daughters, Andell, mm-hmm. uh, she went to, uh, she was going to school in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, where the brewery is. And uh, she discovered it while she was there. She turned me on to it. And, and we both liked that place. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I'm just looking at their website right now. So it's, I like the, the logo that they have. It's kind of that, uh, it's almost like a moose skull. Is that what it is? Yeah, with the horns. <laughs> and, and, and they had a catchphrase, uh, eight is the new five. Okay. <laughs> eight is the new five. I mean, eight percent is the new five percent. Right. Yeah. And right. So that's yeah. That's the session beers. Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nice. All right. So, um, if you were able to name a beer and or a brewery, what do you think you might call it? I knew you guys were going to ask me that question because you ask everybody else. So I actually, actually, actually I, I did put a little thought into that, okay. and I came up with several different ideas that I dismissed oh uh but I, I finally settled in on one that i think would work um i'm gonna call it i'm gonna call the brewery dartboard okay now you say well what's the significance <laughs> of that Go well on. you know in, in many pubs and bars you have dartboards so you know you might work that angle but uh the re the reason i uh, came up with dartboard is when, when you when you Take a look at some of the names that people come up with for beers, mm-hmm. you know, brand names for the for the style of beer. It, it's almost like they're picking words at random <laughs> and, and slapping them together. That random so, word generator. <laughs> so my gimmick is going to be is I'm going to take words like, uh, you know, nouns, verbs, adjectives and adverbs, put them on a piece of paper. I'm going to have a contest. I'm going to have people throw darts at, at the board <laughs> and uh, whatever words they hit was somehow we're going to work into the name of the beer. There you go. <laughs> and uh, so uh, that's what I would do. Ah, I like it. That's I do very, like that. Yeah, that's very uh, unique and fun. Yeah. That's like uh, when you used, if you guys ever used Mad Libs before. I mean, that's yeah, that yep. can get that can get just ridiculously fun. Yeah, just just for the fun of it, I I just took a dictionary and I yeah I just blindly pointed to uh, two different pages and uh, got a couple pairs of words just to see you know randomly what it would be, and I came up with uh, egregious geisha and infernal <laughs> molecule. <laughs> Of course, awesome you know, beer name right there. Yeah, it, it, of course you know if uh, if you were to go and type in the term uh, random beer name generator online, you, of course there's plenty of them on there. So we're gonna go ahead and generate one right now. Uh, generate the beer name. It's loading consumer preferences. Uh-oh. Assembling the perfect name just for us. Galaxy dry hopped explosive ambrosia. <laughs> oh, All right. Wow. I that like sounds it. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> or or the next one that pops up, I will let that run and, you know, generate its thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think that would be a really cool thing to do, especially if you actually had a dartboard uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that your even your customers could do it. Extra overcast cocktail treasure. That's, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. And, and, <laughs> that and, and, that and, one's a little far. But. Yeah. And I would use a real dartboard. Yeah. You know, give them give some uh, play in there. Yeah. yeah. That That's would be awesome. pretty good. That's awesome. 
All right. So now my favorite question out of all the ones that we do ask. <laughs> all right. And I've seen you check in a lot on Untapped, Jim. How do you rate your beers? Ah. By overall enjoyment, or is it by BJCP style guidelines? Uh, it doesn't have to be BJCP. I mean, just, <laughs> just, just if you have a, a Hefeweizen, you, you rate it against other Hefeweizens. That's that not, doesn't be like to scale. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I ha I I am forced to do it one way, <laughs> because uh, because I just cannot do it the other way. Yeah. Uh, I have to do it by personal preference. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that would mean I would have some knowledge about what the guidelines are. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, I can't retain that, so I have no <laughs> idea what the guidelines are. So it wouldn't be fair. It, it does. It doesn't have to be by style guidelines. It means by mm -hmm. just by style. I think Chris keeps adding the guidelines to make it even more, uh, more crazy. <laughs> well, it's very, it's it, very one sided. The more, the yeah, more we. Keep it just means that, like, when you have an IPA, like whether it's an IPA, a double IPA, a hazy IPA, or you know whatever type of IPA that that when you have that beer, you're like rating it against other of that style that you've had in the past. So you know that when you, you look at the style and you say, "Ooh." That's a brown ale, and my favorite brown ale is this. How does this rate against that brown ale? Then you say, oh, you know what? Uh, it's not a five where I give it, you know, my my bitch creek, but you know, it is a pretty good one. I'll give it four and three quarters because it's right below that perfect brown ale for me. That's the thing. Not that you have to know exactly the style guidelines. I mean, Chris has definitely blown this way out of proportion with the, <laughs> the BJCP guidelines. But, uh. Well, well, if I, if I was to say drink a brown ale, mm -hmm. but for some reason it comes across more as a, a porter mm -hmm. than than a brown ale. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it would still be a good porter. Mm -hmm. Then I'm still going to rate it highly, even yeah. even though they call it a brown ale. Because in my <laughs> mind, it's just going to be, hey, they just mislabeled. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm just still going to rate it uh, according to my enjoyment. Okay, no, that's good. I I don't have any. It, there's no wrong answer except for obviously my answer is wrong because everyone disagrees <laughs> with me. But, but uh, it, there's no wrong answer. It's it's all it's however whatever makes you happy and whatever makes it easier for you to remember. And if if you know that you see a five cap rating and you'll know it's a great beer then that's what you got to go for and say you know what i'll get that five cap beer regardless of the style now i will tell you one thing if uh if i try a beer you know and, and i try a lot of stuff that that's out of my comfort zone uh with with tasters mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh if, if i try a beer that uh is of a style that i'm not normally uh uh akin to yeah. uh uh, and I don't enjoy it. I just won't rate it. Yeah. Because I figure that, uh, you know, I, I would be doing it an injustice if I gave it a low rating just because it doesn't fit my personal preference. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. But, so I just leave it blank. Yeah. No, and I appreciate that because in Untapped, I'll see a lot of people that just don't like the style. They'll say, I don't like the style, and they'll give it a half cap or whatever. And I'm like, wait, mm -hmm. just because you don't like the style, don't berate the beer because you don't like you know ipas or double ipas or smoked beers or whatever um i mean if if it's a i'm the same way if it's something that i don't want to buy and you know, i don't want to knock the brewery because i just don't like that style i won't rate it either or i'll give it a three at least so it's at least uh you know middle of the road not you know not a negative rating uh, but yeah i 
that's a good that's a good way to go about it for sure. Yeah, and I think my my average is uh, running like three and a half, three seventy five, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. It's because uh, th- there's a lot of stuff I might have rated below a two that I just said, well, I'm not rating. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, instead of, I, I guess what two and a half is average, right? So, yeah, two uh, and a half. I, I mean, I yeah, two and a half is officially average. I always mm-hmm. still think about three because it's right in the middle. But, yeah. But I think you're right. Uh, let's see what I, I'm looking for. My average rating you know what it doesn't uh doesn't say but i'd have to say that that uh, four is about probably my average rating for i rate most beers on untaps and i have a lot of ratings i have a lot of uh, i have uh, 4500 uh <laughs> check-ins wow so i i guess if my average is four i rate beers uh i guess pretty high yeah, I'm very stingy with my five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, not me. Not me. I have a, I have a 1101 four ratings. I have mm. 277 fives. So, I mean, I, that's a lot. But, um, but yeah, the highest is, is four. So, I think four is probably what, what I give most beers that I enjoy. Oh. Hey, Jim, I have a – normally we would stop here with questions, but because – I've really grown attached to you and Tara and your family. Uh, I follow, I think, everyone in your family except for your son. And I'm not, I guess I'm guessing he's not much of a beer drinker. And so he's, he's not, uh, you know, ununtapped. But, uh, but is, is it true that you have, you and Tara have, uh, you have just two girls and a son? Is that your family size or do you have other children I don't know about? No, we've got, uh, uh, a boy and two girls. So, uh, Son Torin, uh, he's the oldest. Okay, and uh, uh, he just got out of the army this summer. Mm-hmm. Started a uh, civilian uh, job, and uh, for a defense contractor. Okay, uh, and there's a lot of those around here because we're in suburban uh, DC. So yeah. uh, there's a, a lot of uh, government and military uh, here. That's just where the opportunities are, and he. In, in order to, he has a secret clearance. So in order to keep his job, he has a year to to get a top secret clearance and to get certified on this uh, computer security thing mm-hmm. that he's working on upstairs now with Tara. Okay. So, uh, uh, so that's him. He's living at home right now because uh, uh, for some reason he saved no money while he was in the military. <laughs> hey, that means he was. Party and hearty. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, he was stationed in upstate New York, and he—that's uh, where his girlfriend is. So, uh, she's looking for a job now down here. And okay. so, when uh, uh, when she lands one uh, down this way, uh, she'll probably move in with us and him, hopefully just for a couple of months, and then they'll 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 get their own place after she gets a job. Okay. And then uh, my uh, my middle child. Andell, remember she was the one out in uh uh Phoenix Phoenix there that time. Yep. Uh in the spring for a couple of months. Uh she has a PhD in engineering mm. and um 
she is certainly on untapped. <laughs> she is so competitive. She will check in every <laughs> single thing she has a little taste for. Oh, yeah. And sh she's constantly coming at me saying, I got more badges <laughs> than you have. And uh, so, uh, which probably serves her well. That's why she was able to stick it out to get her PhD because uh, you've got to have that you. kind of competitive uh, <laughs> nature to yourself. Yeah. Uh, but she likes beer. She likes beer of all kinds. Uh, she'll try anything. Um, so she's kind of like Tara in, in that respect. Um, and then my youngest is, uh, her name is Haven. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my, my middle daughter, her name is Andel. Mm -hmm. uh, the youngest, her name is Haven. She's a software engineer. And uh, she's into ciders and meads. Yeah. And she lives in Baltimore, one of the... Uh, uh, th th there is a place not too far from uh, where she lives that she and her friends hang out at a meadery. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, she took us there. I, I was there. It's fine. You know, I can have a little of it, but yeah. uh, mead is really not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mead. I, I'm not a big mead fan either. It's uh, comes across a little bit sweet and kind of weird tasting to me. Yeah. But I could have a, I'll do a little taster of it, but that's it. I don't want any more than that for sure. <laughs> But her tastes are changing, too, because I remember when she started with uh, drinking wine, she would only drink very sweet wines, yeah. you know, uh, really sugary wines. But now, little by little, she's gotten to, you know, uh, more dry wines, more mainstream type wines, not the sodary ones. Mm -hmm. So maybe her taste could change with beer. I mean, it is an acquired taste. And, yeah. Um, you know, who knows down the road? Yeah, no, I've already seen some of her check-ins to beers that she says she actually likes. So it's she's she's making headway for sure. Well, we're we're, we're trying we're trying to steer her towards some of the, uh, uh, like maybe in the sour area yeah. or yeah. you know the fruity stuff like the, the ghosts and stuff mm -hmm. like that that uh, uh, you know kind of fit in with the uh, the cider end of things. Yeah, yeah, that's a good good start. She said, "All right, I I just wanted to I I just I do enjoy following your family on Untapped and and hearing seeing all the the stuff you guys do and all your beer uh, brewery visits and and family time. It's uh, uh, it's good. So I just wanted to find a little bit more out of, about your your family. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Okay. Well, that's all, Jim. We're not going to grind you anymore for more information out of you. We're we'll, we'll take it easy <laughs> on you from this point on. But uh, uh, Chris, uh, do you want to?" You want to go ahead and let us know what some of our listeners are are drinking on Untapped? I would love to. And you know what? We've got a short list tonight. Oh, good. So it <clears throat> works out just well. Yeah. Or just just fine or whatever the hell I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beer's kicking in. Drink another beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beer's kicking in. All right. So we're going to start out with is Mr. Mike Allen. Uh, I would imagine from their bottle share yesterday. Now, Mike had a few that he checked into between the last 24 hours and a couple beef, you know, couple into yesterday mm -hmm. one that stood out was uh a nice bottle of pliny the elder oh nice uh, he gave four and three quarters caps to um did also check into a beer from avery brewing company called tweak bourbon barrel aged tweak and i believe that's a coffee coffee type beer okay. uh, that i've had before gave that one four caps um had some stuff from shram's meadery it looks like um drinking also a dark and stormy from 2018 firestone walker mm. And then 
we're off we're off of mike here uh moving on to jeff seiler he's drinking a blurred is the word i don't know have you heard about that no <laughs> blurred is Did the you word know, have you the heard? word is the bird blurred is the word <laughs> we're gonna start singing here in a minute uh by heist brewery and he writes excellent hazy ipa tropical hoppy and so tasty need more gave that one four and three quarters caps Next on the list, there's this really cool flying dog Maryland red T-shirt that I'm seeing in this in this picture, Jim. Yeah, oh. the fact I've got it on right now. <laughs> uh, and the check-in is from Tara Carlson drinking a fresh squeezed IPA from Deschutes Brewery. Oh yeah, so it's it's pretty cool in this picture. I guess you guys are sitting down to dinner. Um, yep. So picture can of the fresh squeezed in a Abita glass. And with Jim wearing the uh, flying dog shirt with the Maryland seal on the front of it. Uh, she just writes, tap the craft podcast is taping. What a wonderful excuse to drink beer on a Monday night. <laughs> and and by the way, we got that Abita glass from the Abita brewery. Okay. Um, and that, in fact, that's another whole story. Uh, we want a trip to uh, New Orleans. Oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah, that was uh, not too long ago. Uh, what well, was last year? But a year oh, ago. Yeah. See, last year that got that probably felt like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Anymore. Uh, she gave that one three and three quarters caps rating on that one. Oh man, um, she's hard. Hard yeah. I mean, it could be an old can. It's it's. Uh, I don't know if that's out in the shelves yet. Could be. I I don't even know what I don't even know what month it is. It definitely could well, be. Fresh squeezed is uh, year round. It's not is it? uh, fresh hopped. It's just uh, oh. the extra juicy. Like uh, citrusy hop flavor. All right. Well, I'll shut up now. Yeah, we bought bought that in Pittsburgh last weekend. Okay. Ah. All right. So moving on to Jeff Seiler again. He's drinking the Double Two-Hearted Ale by Bell's Brewery. Now, I saw this one, and I was a little interested in this one because I really like the Two-Hearted Ale. Um, He wrote, absolutely delicious. Like Two-Hearted, only better. Very (laughs) hoppy and boozy, if you like that kind of thing. He gave that one five caps. Wow. Uh, now, if I remember, the regular two-hearted uh, clocks in somewhere around 7% ABV. Uh, I looked at this one earlier. It's clocking in at about 11% oh my gosh. ABV. Um, Jeff, I'm kind of interested in seeing if I can get a hold of this one. I think I probably should be able to. Um, might just snag a bottle of it just to say I could try it. And they sell it in six packs. It does come in a six pack. Yep. That's a picture of, of a six pack in his check-in. Wow. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving on to our next check-in, Mr. Chad Lamassa drinking a Black Forest Pills by Fürstlich Fürstbrary. <laughs> yeah, something German. <laughs> Woo. Uh, yeah, gave that one just three caps, no notes on that one. The Gnarly Gnome checking into the Bohemian Special Brew by Geo Weidman Brewing Company. He writes, there's a whole depth of flavors behind this, quote, lighter brew from a grassy aroma to a touch of floral and sweet fruitiness in the taste no no uh no rating on that one but it's nice to see you writing some notes there yeah uh leon nalt is drinking a fort point by trillium brewing company at his house gave that one five caps no notes uh my check-in for the beer i'm drinking right now and chad lamasa drinking a grimbergen double ambre Sheesh. Amber, I'm going to go Amber by Cronenborg Brewing Brewery. Super sweet. Not sure how I feel about that. Gave it a two and a half cap rating. Two and, and that wow. was a 
Yeah. I think he and knows that was, what he feels about it. Not very good. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he gave the average rating. So he's he's, he's on the fence. He's literally right in the middle. Uh, that's what everybody's drinking. That was 31 minutes ago from from Chad. So sweet. Wow, that was a nice short list. It must have been uh, everyone must not have been drinking much this Sunday night. It's Monday though. Monday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is Monday. There's some good beers in there. I definitely. I have uh-huh. never had two hearted. And now I want two-hearted, and I want the double two-hearted because who doesn't want an 11% uh, IPA to to try for sure? I know I sure do. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. So we'll look for that one. I don't I don't get Bells in Boise, so unless they decide to move a little bit further west to to my neighborhood, I'll probably never have it unless I go. I mean, I try. I I get Bells when I go out to Virginia, but it's old Bells, uh, not the fresh stuff. So I need some fresh Bells for sure. All right, so now it's time for some of our activities, beer-related activities. And and Chris doesn't have any beer-related activities. But, Jim, uh, quick, just just briefly, uh, I know that you and Terry, you mentioned you just got back from Pittsburgh. So what was the deal? Uh, you, you guys just made a, a, a road trip to Pittsburgh to try out some breweries? Yeah, well, uh not just breweries. We always try to fit in other uh, activities besides breweries. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, if I start drinking too early in the day, then I'm in bed <laughs> by six. Um, so, uh, you know, we try to save the, the beer drinking towards the uh, the latter part of the day. Okay. So, you know, we're looking for things to do in the morning uh, and early afternoon. And then, uh, you know, we gradually... Uh, you know, transition mm-hmm. over to thinking about beer. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we made a special trip uh, to Pittsburgh. Uh, we had gone there a couple times a long time ago. And every time we go somewhere, we never seemed to, to do everything we yeah. wanted to do. So uh, so we decided to go back and, uh, you know, clean up a few things that uh, we always had on our list. Uh, but And from here, I live in southern Maryland which is uh, about six, about a six hour drive uh, to Pittsburgh, which mm-hmm. you could easily do in a single shot. But uh, we, we like to kind of break things up and see if there are interesting towns to see along the way. So we stopped at a town called Bedford, Pennsylvania, and there was a brewery there that we stopped. Uh, uh, and they had it. They had one that was really interesting. It was a collaboration. Uh, it was a uh, coffee milk stout, and it was called "With You Always." Hmm. And there's a story behind that. Uh, uh, the other brewery uh, that it, it was the collaboration with, uh, not in town. Uh, the 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 brewmaster's wife recently uh, passed away, and <clears throat> before. Uh, before she went, she was bugging him to make this one style of beer, and he never got around to it. So, this was like in uh, commemoration to her, and uh, mm. and it was really good. It was uh, I, I gave that like a four and a quarter. It's oh, a, nice. a very very tasty. And then we went on to Pittsburgh, and uh, I won't talk about the other things we did. I'll just focus on the uh, on the breweries. We went to uh, one called the Grist House. The Grist House Craft Brewery, mm-hmm. and uh, they they specialize in IPAs, although they got some other styles in there as well. And this place was mobbed. There was a <laughs> there was a live band playing. They had closed off the street. They they had a volleyball net across the street. Uh, 
Uh, it turns out that the day we got there, there was a football game between the University of Pittsburgh and Penn State oh. in uh, Pittsburgh. And this place was mobbed with uh, both camps. Mm -hmm. It looks like they, they like took two halves of the uh, the beer garden and you had all the pit fans on one end and the uh, Penn State fans on the other end. And to get to the bar, it was like three deep, you know, just to get their attention. Um, but but this was one of the fives that I came up with. I, oh. I, I bought a – there were two New England IPAs. So Tara and I each got a pint, and we said, you know, we'll just uh, – uh, share them and mm -hmm. see which one we like. Yeah. And the one I got, it was called Hazelnut Juice Grenade. <laughs> oh, dartboard beer. And, <laughs> and, and I, I really liked it. I gave it a four point seven five until I tasted hers, which was <laughs> which was called Space Cactus. Okay. And uh, you know, if I had tasted them separately, you know, not side by side one right after the other uh i probably would have been you know given them both the same rate i probably couldn't distinguish but you know that i could just tell the subtle difference one mm -hmm. so i gave the space cactus a five wow that was my first five <laughs> uh it was really good i really enjoyed that so uh after i finished my juice grenade i got a pint of the space cactus and uh, <laughs> um went from there okay uh then we went to this place called uh uh Strange Roots Experimental Ales, and they do all kinds of weird things there. Uh, uh, and they had food, so we ate there. Mm -hmm. And uh, nothing was above, nothing was a four or higher, but uh, they, they were good. They were all in the high threes. Um, good stuff at that brewery. Then we went to this place called the Dancing Gnome. Oh, yeah. G GN, have you heard of that? Yeah, I have heard. I want, yeah, it's one of the places I want to go to when I revisit Pittsburgh for sure. And uh, uh, I get something uh, called uh, Galaxy Jam. It's an American IPA. And Tara gets something called Tentacle Squad. <laughs> <laughs> also an American IPA. I think they took your idea, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I liked hers better. I gave mine a four. I gave hers a four and a half. Oh, wow. Because then, then I started drinking Tentacle Squad for the rest of the night. And, oh, oh, and this is an interesting story. While we were sitting there, they had these, you know, long row tables, you know, uh, communal tables. And uh, uh, there were these two gals right next to us. Tara and I were across from each other on, on these, these long picnic tables. And right next to us were these other two women, across, again, across from each other. And so we were chatting up and, you know, having a good time. And all of a sudden, these two guys show up. They were their significant others. And they had gone out to the food truck uh, to bring back food. So mm -hmm. they were eating They were eating their food. But then, you know, we were still ch we were now chatting with the guys, with the, with the gals. Well, it turns out one of the guys worked for this marketing company. And his job was to promote craft beer in the state of Pennsylvania. Mm. So he knew all of the, the, the breweries. This was his region. Mm -hmm. He knew all of the, the breweries and the brewmasters. He was drinking for free. Oh, geez. So from then on, Tara and I were drinking for free. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a great hookup uh, uh, for us. Wow. Um, and he gave us, I am not going to mention this, uh, 
here. I, maybe I'll tell you privately, but uh, he, he told us, uh, you know, what breweries to go to and which towns were the ones to go to mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania for the for the best experiences. So nice. we now have a list. Okay, good. Um, then we went to Southern Tier. And this is not all on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Southern, Southern Tier, I don't think I gave any of the beers above a three. Yeah. Um, they were kind of, yeah, not bad, but, uh, you know, after all the other stuff, it was kind of ordinary. Yeah. Uh, but the food was to die for. Yeah. Whoever their cook was that day, man, he, he knocked it out of the ballpark uh, for food. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the, uh, just a couple more. There's another interesting brewery in, uh, in Pittsburgh uh, called Church Works. Hmm. They bought a church, I think it was a Catholic church, a rectory next door, and a school hmm. behind it. They bought the whole shebang, the whole block. Um, now, they're renting out the other parts, but the, 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 the church itself is uh, a drinking establishment with a restaurant. Hmm. And if you walk down the main aisle, uh, they preserved the main aisle. And you go to where the altar was, that's where all their beer gear is, all of their, uh, you know, stainless steel mm. stuff. So, uh, um, and they had some interesting uh, brews there, too. Now, now the other one, uh, probably the last one I'll talk about here, uh, well, the two more. One real quick, 11th Hour Brewing, I gave that a five. Oh, wow. they, they, ha they had uh, a New England IPA. This is my second five. I've never given two fives in the same weekend. Um, <laughs> now, if you go on Untapped and you well, first of all, the beer is called Fluff and Hyperbole. Okay. And if you go on Untapped and you just read the description, it says this beer will raise your IQ fifty points. It's going to make you instantly more attractive. It'll cure all that ails you. This is an IPA that'll stop climate change. <laughs> Oh, nice. And that's only half of it. So, uh, <laughs> of course, the name hyperbole is in there. It's, the word hyperbole is in its name. Hmm. And then the other one, you, you might be interested in uh, this, Denny. Uh, I gave a 4.75 to a sour, Ooh. Which, which is unusual for me. Uh, again, at 11th Hour Brewing, they do some good stuff there. Mm -hmm. This is called uh, uh, Dr Dream Common Number 7. It's a fruited sour, pomegranate and plum, a little bit of strawberry in there. I, oh, it was delicious. Nice. Um, and then uh, uh, one other one, uh, just a quick pen brewery. They, uh, when they started out, they're the oldest brewery in uh, Pittsburgh, oldest continuously operating brewery in Pittsburgh. Uh, they started out back in the 1980s, I think, with uh, – uh, using the strict German recipes, but they said they uh, quickly get away from that <laughs> when all the, when all this craft stuff started going out there. And uh, so they have a, they have a couple good offerings. Uh, one one that I'm drinking right now. I switched from my Belgian triple to the a Pilsner. It's a Vienna Lager style from Penn Brewery, hmm. uh, and I gave that a four point five. Oh, nice. Nice. So that would that was our uh, thing, uh, and uh, we stopped at. A, I won't go into it. We stopped at a town on the way back, and visited a brewery there too. So okay, Did, you didn't make it to Brew Gentleman. 
No, never. That's out of town. So uh, most of the things we went to in Pittsburgh, we uh, we walked. Oh, okay. Uh, I think there was one day we 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 put on twenty four thousand steps. Nice. <laughs> on our, on our <laughs> that's a long walk. That's yeah, that's a lot of walking. Yeah. yeah, not all at once. I mean, over the course of a whole day. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Tarrant, she, we and I, she and I, we enjoy uh, walking yeah. a lot. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Sarah and I do, too. We we walk as much as we can. And, and like, we, like when we were in Ireland, that's, you know, we would get to a town, park, and then we literally walked all over the town uh, a couple times. So we probably, if we were keeping track of our steps, we probably put on a couple 24,000 step uh, days with our are walking too. I I got back from that trip and my legs were like just like <laughs> tight from from just muscles. I went in to get a massage and they said, "Man, your legs are like like tight." I said, "Yeah, we did a lot of walking, <laughs> a lot of drinking." <laughs> well, that's that's nice. That's a good trip. I I loved my visit in, to Pittsburgh and I'm looking forward to going back again. The only problem is that I I won't have Amanda and Kevin in Pittsburgh next time I go, so it's going to be not the same without them there to sh- mm. you know, to show us around and, and uh, take us to all the good places. But it's still it's, it's a town I definitely want to go back and visit. I I did enjoy it. Yeah, a lot of good beer there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, let's get into some new and noteworthy beer, and I'm going to start off. Um, I haven't drank anything new and noteworthy what? since our last recording. I have been drinking the same old stuff that I've been drinking. In fact, after I mentioned uh, getting that uh, Mother Earth uh, orange vanilla cream ale, uh, I, I've gone through a case of it now. I've just been having at least one of those a day, and I've just been enjoying it. And I, I just, I've been drinking that. I've been drinking a lot of lagers. I've been getting. Uh, lagers and Oktoberfest. I drank a couple six packs of Oktoberfest, but again, the Oktoberfest beers, the only one that's new that I could check into is the Sierra Nevada because they change up that beer every year. But all the local Oktoberfests are the same old Oktoberfest, so they're not anything really new that I haven't already uh, talked about before. So my my new and noteworthy is pretty easy. But uh, Chris, what about your new and noteworthy beers? Yeah, so my new and noteworthy, I've uh, <clears throat> been getting getting around the the, uh, the Tampa area a little bit. Uh, a couple of nights ago, I actually had um, a bottle from Weyerbacher while I was out in Ybor City, which was, uh, it was called Blasphemy, which was uh, a bourbon barrel-aged Belgian quad. Bourbon barrel-aged, wow, that's nice, yeah. Yeah, and initially I thought, wow, that's going to be, I, I don't know. That that sounds like a lot of different flavors working together. And I was I was talked into, coerced, if you will, buying this bottle. Um, and I said, you know what? What the hell? It was. Uh, let's just go ahead and give it a shot. And man, <laughs> what, I, I am so glad that we did because Good. it was um, it was super smooth. It was it was a little boozy, kind of the first part when you take it in your mouth, and then it just kind of. It's it just got really easy to drink. I don't know if it was just because of the alcohol content or what, but um, it worked out really well, and I was really surprised because it was it was a little on the sweeter side, um, but it worked with the Belgian and the barrel care or the geez the uh, bourbon and the barrel mm-hmm. character. Yeah, um, that everything played very well together. 
Uh, I gave that one four and a half caps, um, and that bottle disappeared very quickly wow. uh, once we started into it. Uh, the next one I had was going to be Swizzle Chest <laughs> by Hidden Springs Ale Works. It was a uh, double IPA with Citra, Galaxy, and Cashmere hops. Uh, this this was a beer that I picked up um, that got released that I did not drive to the brewery and go buy. <laughs> That I found uh, found it at my local beer store, and Wait. I bought a single can of it. Wait a it. minute. You went to a beer store. That's the first thing I'm surprised at. You haven't gone to a beer store forever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was at, uh, <laughs> where was I? I was at Total Wine and More. Oh, no. Uh, not Total Wine. Come well, on, and man. I was, uh, no, 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 no. I stayed away from all the IPAs. I did find, <laughs> okay, so anytime I ever go into Total Wine, um, it's either to get, you know, just bigger quantities of maybe like, like the, um, the Oktoberfest beer from Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Hey, I'll just, maybe I'll go buy a 12 pack of that or, yeah. um, but there's also a game I like to play in there in the IPA section of what's the oldest thing <laughs> there that you can find. 2018, uh, March or April of 2018 mm-hmm. was the oldest IPA mm-hmm. I could find in the store. So that's a good one. Yeah, it's that uh that cellared IPA that everybody's looking for. <laughs> it was a dogfish head 120. Yeah. I you know what? That's the only time that would ever be okay. And uh, yeah, so I went to Total Wine just to grab a couple of things because you know when I'm drinking, we're running out of stuff here at the house that's not you know like a 10 percent or higher barrel age you know stout bomb. It's barely it's barely stout or stout weather here right now. So. I had to get something different. So I bought a couple of things. I bought some more of that diver down that red ale, that Imperial red ale. Um, and I, and bought some of that, uh, super eight Goza from dogfish head. Oh, uh, some of that. And then there was something else I bought, but I drank it all already. Oh, some citradelic from new Belgium. Okay. <clears throat> um, and some, yeah. cl- and some, uh, uh, the claws. What's the, what's the seltzer? Oh yeah, that was yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was at the, I was at the grocery store. Um, I had I had gone out the night before when I drank that bottle of blasphemy. So I went out Saturday night. That's where the bottle. Oh, of blasphemy okay. Came so that's in. why you weren't drinking things heavier the next. Yeah. Day. So I don't know. There was something about my dehydrated, hungover body <laughs> that said, "Hey, have some sparkling water With while alcohol. you're sitting by the pool." <laughs> yeah. Like it's a, it was just enough hair of the dog to make it okay. Okay. Anyway, back to the Hidden Springs beer. I uh, gave that one four caps. Uh, it was a really good, really good IPA. I'm glad I only bought one of them though. Um, it was good, but I don't, I don't know. It was a little over the top for me. Um, and then last but not least, Corporate Ladder Brewing. Ah. Released another dessert station. Ooh. Peach Cobbler. Oh. And this was. If there was a crust on this thing, it would have just been <laughs> like biting into peach cobbler. Uh, this one absolutely got a five cap rating from me. Dang. And the two crawlers that we brought home uh, are gone. Wow. Uh, we went there on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, they're gone. And it was, um, it's one of those beers that is, is, it's not super sweet, um, but it's light enough and refreshing enough that like if you were outside, maybe like cutting the grass or something, you came in and you just wanted to chug a cold glass of something, you could do that with this. I don't know about that. 
Uh, well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you have wait, uh, you have grass? I thought you just had a big pool in the backyard. No, no, I I don't. <laughs> I uh, I will admit I don't cut my own grass oh, anymore okay. either. So, okay. um, but no, this was it was super refreshing. Um, the peach the peach flavor was was right on. Um, and you know I still now that I think about it, I completely forgot to ask Blake when I was there is if they put tang in the uh, previous one. I'm gonna message him mm. right now. Um, but the uh, yeah this this one was phenomenal. Uh, mm. I hope there's still some more down there. Uh, next time we make it down there, because that was really good. Well, you know there won't be unless you go like tomorrow, because it's that stuff goes quick, right? Um, I'm not exactly sure how fast it moves. I know they're right now they are doing um, like Logger Fest, getting ready for a, just kind of wrapped around the whole Oktoberfest yeah, thing. Yeah. And um, so they, I know that he was telling me he put a couple of loggers, uh, different different uh, logger type beers on the other day, and he he also got let us try a beer that got released the very next day. Um, that was, man, I can't even remember what it was, what it was called, but it was like a, it was like a mix of like a, an infused wine almost, but mm. it was based the, the base was a Goza or a sour. And, um, I'd have to look it back up again just to see, but it was, it was super good. It was, um, citrusy orange clove uh it had some maple syrup in it which by the maple syrup didn't stand out too yeah too much um but man it was it was just super good it was just like it was almost like biting into an orange and having like a little bit of clove and cinnamon behind oh, it oh yeah so that sounds uh, good but they had a really they had a, a name for it i don't know if it was a name or an actual style of beer that i had never heard of before and i just thought it was pretty neat when it when it got released um, I'm just trying to find it. Oh yeah, there it is. It's called a glow, a, gl- a glow vice. Uh, <laughs> it's a mauled wine inspired Berliner vice features uh, freshly squeezed orange juice, orange peels, cinnamon, clove, and grade a amber Vermont maple syrup. Okay. So nice. Um, and that was, that was spectacular. Sweet. All right. Well, those are some great noteworthy beers, even a five in there. Now, Jim, mm-hmm. you just gave us a bunch of beers that you drank in Pittsburgh. Is there any? Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. I, I think okay. I gave you everything while I uh, went through that Pittsburgh well, thing. Yeah, yeah. well, you, that was perfect. You let us right into our new Noteworthy, so you did a good job. Excellent. All right, now we got some voicemail, and this is our buddy Buck Buchanan. He is responding back to you, Chris, saying mm-hmm. that uh, how dare us <laughs> say that he wasn't in Maui and he was checking in to uh, – beer just to get badges he's going for the badges yeah. i know he was yeah. so i knew it yeah let's go ahead and listen to what buck has to say what's up guys it's buck oklahoma city uh reaching out listen to the show today and yes i was at maui brewing in maui hawaii a town called kihei um what a awesome awesome facility so a couple stories I've got to tell you guys today. I'm going to start off with a bad story. I got hijacked, hijinxed, I guess, <laughs> by a brewery there uh, in Maui or in Hawaii. So we got off the plane and we uh, we went to a grocery store because we had like a condo, so we had our own uh, kitchen and stuff. And so we thought we'll go to the grocery store and we'll get some food, so we make breakfast and lunch, and we don't have to eat out and spend a bunch of money eating out every day 
And so we got to the grocery store and I went to the beer section and I wanted to pick out some beers. So I was looking through the local beer selection. And there's a 12 pack, a mixed pack, uh, like a hoppy mixed pack from a brewery called Kona Brewery. Uh, took a look from brewed in Hawaii. I was like, all right, cool. I'll check out this, this local place and take this 12 pack back home and, and have some drinks when we get to the condo. So I have some beer to unpack to. Um, Come to find out, Kona Brewing's not even brewed in Hawaii, and it's owned by AB InBev. <laughs> yeah, like almost 40% of the company owned by AB InBev, so, and it's not even brewed in Hawaii, so got hijinks there. I guess I was told that if you go to their website, that there was a big uh, class action lawsuit against them for saying brewed in Hawaii when they're not, and they will reimburse you if you send in your receipt, uh, $20 if you have a receipt, and $10 if you do not have a receipt. So, um, yeah, I drank some AB InBev beer on accident, so not very proud of that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I did make it over to Maui Brewing, and what a fantastic facility that is. I highly recommend uh, going to take a look at it, taking a tour um, huge facility. I think he said right now they're producing about 65,000 barrels a year. Um, they're in 23 states and three countries. Um, I sent a picture on the Facebook page of me and the wife standing in front of their uh, fermenter farm. They had 18 250 barrel fermenters, so it was pretty neat to see. Um, one of the things that really, really impressed me about the brewery was that um, they're pretty much 100% self-sustained. They are 100% solar-powered. Um, they recycle water. They are 70-30 recycled CO2. They have this machine. They. Sorry, my voice was a little long-winded. I got a lot to tell, so I got cut off. <laughs> anyway, Maui Brewing has this uh, machine they paid $500,000 for that recycles their CO2. So right now they're 70% recycled CO2 and they're purchasing 30% of it. Um, so they said they just had ordered another machine and when it comes in, it'll be 100% recycled CO2. So pretty much self-sustaining. So that was really neat to learn about there. Um, they're on, they have a 75 barrel brew house. Brewing stuff is just like any other brewery you've been to, but the recycling thing was super neat to me. Um, also, the liquor laws are really lax in Hawaii, so all breweries can do mixed drinks, uh, liquors, all kinds of things. So they had a huge distillery in there as well where they distill their own liquor. So they make their own beer, their own liquor. They started making their own sodas, and they do coffee in there as well. So all kinds of drinks you can get. Now they're canning their own mixed drinks like they're, they're doing um, – like a whiskey and cola and some other, they had like three different types of mixed drinks that they're canning and making with the, um, with the liquor that they distill there as well. So it was a super neat experience to go through there. Full restaurant. You can go in there and eat, had really good food. So yes, I highly recommend going and visiting Maui Brewery. Um, not to mention the beers were amazing there. Um, craft beer scene, not huge in Hawaii. From what they told me, it's, it's really growing. I did find another brewery, so there was only two in Maui. The other one's called Kahola Brewing, and it was a smaller one. They have actually purchased Maui Brewing's original brew house, and so it was like a 25-barrel brew house um, in an old warehouse, no air conditioning, you know, the 
more my style. Um, we sit down, talk to the bartender. It wasn't overly massive. Um, they also had really good beers, but um, those are the only two um, on the island of uh, Maui. Um, they said there's some more popping up on like the big islands of Oahu, so they kind of was feeding me and telling me about telling me about that. So that was was pretty neat. So, anyways, that uh, was my Maui brewing, Maui Hawaii experience. So yes, I was checking in beers from the Maui Brewing. I was there. I was fibbing to get um, badges, although I'm not going to say I haven't done that in the past, but I'm not <laughs> going to say that out loud. So anyways, it was a great, great time. Anyways, great episode last week. I do love milkshake IPAs as well. Um, I've had my first one from Prairie, actually, um, you know, because, you know, they're local. They have actually three establishments here in Oklahoma. So they have one small, like, seven-barrel setup down in Oklahoma City that we go to quite often. So anyways, um, it's good talking to you guys. And, uh oh. I guess he got I cut up. kicked out. Yeah. yeah, got kicked out because we have a three-minute limit. And uh, but hey, Buck, thank you for your voicemails, explaining and giving a great review of Maui Brewing. Man, that place is pretty special. Um, I was uh, caught by. I mean, I didn't realize that there was such a thing as a CO2 recycler, uh, and I had to look it up. I mean, I wanted mm -hmm. to find more about what this. You know, it was all about, and sure enough, there's a company. There's a, there was a first a company that was making these CO2 recyclers uh, for huge breweries that are producing like a lot of CO2, uh, but uh, obviously they're really expensive. And then there's now another company uh, from some guys that were working at NASA that have produced a smaller version of it for smaller craft breweries that are that can handle up to sixty thousand barrel breweries. And it, wow. supposedly it's about $30,000 is what I read into the price. They said um, they could save, a brewery could save $15,000 a year on CO2 purchasing if they're, if they're you know, a 60,000 barrel brewery that could end up paying for this unit in two years. So I was assuming that it's about 30000 unless I'm, my economics is all messed up, which is probably. You're trying to math, Yeah, right I'm trying now. to do the math. You know, after <laughs> drinking a few beers, but uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool that that's even an option because I don't realize how much CO two is being used. I figured, yeah, CO two is being used to uh, pressurize their kegs for you know dispensing their beer, uh, but I'm guessing it's also used to pressurize the kegs uh, before they ship them out to the breweries. I maybe I don't know or to pubs. I mean, um, but. I guess it's also, you know, when you're having canning machines or balling machines or using CO2 to purge out the oxygen in those vessels before they put beer in it. So that's something interesting. And uh, all the CO2 normally is wasted going out into our atmosphere uh, mm. from small breweries. And now what, the, what this machine allows them to do is to capture that CO2 that's coming off of those fermenters and uh, transfer it into a, a storable liquid form. And then be able to use that liquid form in their, you know, to, to make gas later on. So I thought that was pretty interesting stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Maui Brewing. We do get some Maui Brewing here. Not, we get their, uh, their Kiwi Porter, the Coconut Porter. Uh, and, in fact, uh, I, have a f I just bought a four-pack of that. I drank two of them uh, this last week. But uh, I like that Porter. I like that Coconut 
or is it a coconut? Yeah, coconut porter. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Um, and we get a couple. I got a wheat beer from them too, but not not too much of their stuff. But it's pretty good, pretty good stuff. Now, he also mentioned Kona Brewing. Now we talked about Kona Brewing in an article that we we mentioned about three episodes ago. Uh, so he should have been on top of the fact that Kona <laughs> was uh, owned by, uh, you know, well, it's not, it's it's you know partially owned by AB InBev. In fact, the article that we talked about was about how AB InBev chose not to uh, purchase the rest of the Brewers Alliance, Craft Beer Alliance, and or Craft Brewers Alliance, whatever it's called. Uh, so, but, and he is right that anything in the States that has Kona on it is brewed in the States and in Portland and wherever else there are other breweries at. But I've heard that the stuff that's, that you can purchase in Hawaii is actually indeed uh, brewed in Hawaii. I don't know that for a fact because I haven't been over there and asked the brewery, but I think that from what I understand, the stuff that's in Hawaii is actually brewed in Hawaii. And from uh, my buddy Corey that that goes there all the time, he and has gone to the brewery on the Big Island, he says that uh, the Kona Brewing brew beers over there are much better than what we get over here. Uh, again, I don't know if that's just the uh, tropical Hawaiian life, uh, you know, making it seem better, but that's what he claims. Hmm. You guys have any uh, any comments on what Buck had to say? I'm just jealous that he got to go to Hawaii. <laughs> what do you mean? You live in a tropical paradise all year round. Yeah, yeah. Tons of mosquitoes here. <laughs> Everybody's excited about the first day of fall. It hit 89 degrees today. That's our fall. Okay. Okay. Have yeah, you... I've never been to Hawaii, so oh, okay. uh, I'd love to go there too. Well, well, it is on our list of places to go because we do have a franchise location there, so it would be a quote business trip to go visit. Yeah. So. Yeah, for, we should for the dogs. Yeah, do it for the dogs. <laughs> do it for the dogs. Now, the dogs aren't going to enjoy being in the the whole plane all that that way though. That might not be. Well, cool. the dogs are going. Our dogs are going to stay here. Okay. And our our amazing training staff will take care of them while we're gone. Okay. You can rent dogs while you're out there, I guess. <laughs> well, so where where the location is is they he calls it a ranch. The owner of that location calls it uh, the training ranch, and it's um he's got a uh, he's got a fairly large piece of property out there and enough client dogs that we could play with all of his puppies. Mm. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I I've been to Hawaii twice. Uh, both times I was deployed and we Excuse pulled me. we pulled into Hawaii, uh, so it wasn't really a vacation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, I've been there twice, no big deal. But I've been there twice, but it wasn't like I didn't get to enjoy. I mean, one time I went, uh, uh, Sarah decided to surprise me and met me over there with me not knowing, and then luckily my chief was uh, nice enough to let me stay. Uh, on shore and help with the, the resupplying while the ship went back or the boat went back out to see to do mm. some trials uh, so i got to stay in for three days uh do supply stuff for a few hours a day and then we got to spend the rest of time together where we did tour the uh, island of oahu uh went around to the north shore and and did some stuff went to a luau and you know we did have some fun so it wasn't you know there was some fun activities but i i definitely want to go back just in vacation mode Sarah and myself, and uh, go you know go to Maui maybe go see Maui Brewing maybe even go to the Big Island one you know I I know you can't go to all these islands because it's it you know it's not easy to 
to get to each of them. Uh, but I don't know if I want to go to the Big Island first or go to Maui. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it'd be a hard choice. I, I, I'd like to go visit Maui Brewing because that, that sounds like a good place to visit. Yeah, even if it is owned by AB InBev, I'd, I'd still like to go there. The Kona? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kona, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Kona. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. Maybe we can all plan a Tap to Craft meetup there. We'll get Jim and Tara and you and Megan and... Well, as as soon as we go ahead and incorporate Tap the Craft, we can go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is, sounds good. Okay, well, um, we had some minor feedback here and there, but nothing that I, I'm going to go ahead and, and talk about tonight because uh, we've, we've already run a little bit long. But I do want to mention one thing. We are on Spotify now. I finally got off my lazy butt and applied Woo! to put the podcast on Spotify and I put it on. I I had I put it on or tried to put it on Spotify at the beginning of the show when we first started. Uh, when P- Spotify was first starting to put podcasts on uh, their service, but something happened where I didn't. It, I don't know. I didn't get selected or whatever. So I I went ahead. Someone asked me if I could try to put it on Spotify. So I went in and and uh, submitted it again. And literally. Like an hour later, we were on Spotify. It was that fast. I'm like, wow, they really changed things a lot and made this a lot more streamlined. So, nice. so if you if you listeners out there, uh, if you want to try us out on Spotify, go ahead and, and give us a listen. I don't know how it is. I don't know if they throw in commercials or what. So uh, I I can't really speak to it. But it is there, and I do we do have a few listeners on there already. In just a week that it's been on there, we've already have a uh, you know a few. Uh, downloads and, and and different listeners streaming the podcast. So that's fantastic. If you'd like to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at taptocraft at gmail.com or on Twitter at taptocraft. And of course, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash taptocraft. And don't forget, we do have that voicemail line. You heard Buck. He left a couple messages on there. You can call us at 208 208- Five three six three three five nine or two zero eight five three oddly, and leave us your voicemail. And I want to take this moment to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that we're putting out, we know you'll find some other great content like the following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Form Radio Network over at openformradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Form Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz. And the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, we will discuss beer tourism, how to get the most out of your traveling beer adventure. And since this topic was prepared by our guest host, Jim Kudzel, I thought it would be fitting to have Jim go ahead and go ahead and read off his 18 tips that he has for all you guys that are wanting to learn how to go be beer tourists out there. So, Jim, you've already mentioned that, that you've been drinking craft beer for a long time and that you and Tara enjoy going out and visiting breweries and making a, a, a trip and adventure out of it. So 
uh, it, it seems fitting that you would have a good list of, of tips to give our listeners. So why don't you go ahead and, and, and talk about your, your topic? All right. Thanks, Denny. Uh, yeah, this is just something I uh, uh, put together over the last couple of days, just uh, sitting down, uh, jotting things about, you know, things that we normally do. And I guess, you know, they always say if you're writing, uh, if it's something you you enjoy and you know about, then then it comes easy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, we consider this a hobby, mm-hmm. um, you know, going uh, visiting breweries and uh, trying different beers uh, and not only focusing on the beers, but on the ambiance of the establishment. Like, you know, is this a place I could really hang out if I lived mm-hmm. around here? Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and I guess like most hobbies, well, no, maybe not most, but many hobbies, you've, uh, you're collecting things. Mm-hmm. And we're not collecting objects here, but we're collecting experiences. Yes. So that, that's kind of what we're going after. So number one, uh, if you're new to the hobby, uh, consider starting local. Mm. Anytime you start traveling, you know, there's, there are expenses involved, oh, yeah. uh, hotels, you know, gas, whatever uh but just take a look at you know what's what's around your uh, your area mm-hmm. now tara and i we had a prod to to get out of the area because until just a couple months ago there was not one single brewery in the entire county um that we were in <laughs> uh, so we were forced to go out and uh and and look at things but mm-hmm. Like most hobbies, that there, there's money involved, but if you can start local, then, then you can keep the expense to a minimum and see if this is something that uh, you might be interested in. Yeah, yeah, good. that's a good point. And especially now, with so many really hyper-local breweries right in, in you know, most towns that people are living in, especially big towns, I mean, you have a lot of opportunities to go and check out a variety of, of breweries, not just one. I mean... I mentioned in in a small town of Pocatello where my daughter's living and where she went to school, uh, they only had one brewery in that town for many many years, and now they've got finally allowed a second brewery to open up in in the town, and she's in she loves it because, I mean she spends, you know a couple of days a week at that brewery, and uh, yeah so yeah so visit visit local good good point. Yeah, visit local and then you know little by little you know expand your you know maybe go to day trips. Mm-hmm. Uh, places you can go and come back in the same day and all that. And that gives you a chance to see what your preferences are and uh, how to get experience on, uh, you know, what might work for you down the road. Yeah. Because everybody's different. So, you know, what works for me and Tara isn't necessarily going to work for everyone else. Mm-hmm. All right. That was number one. Number two, uh, number one was start local. Number two, uh, uh, you can, you can make a stop your your ultimate destination like when tara and i went to pittsburgh mm-hmm. uh last weekend you know that that was our ultimate uh destination but we did make a stop on the way up mm-hmm. in another little town and on the way back mm-hmm. uh in fact we do a lot we probably do more of these stopovers <laughs> than, than we do ultimate <laughs> destinations anyway yeah uh I grew up in New England, and we go back there quite a bit because my family's up there. We probably go back at least once a quarter. So somewhere between here and there, we'll, we're stop making one or two stops on the way to break up the trips. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's a great way to work it in. Even if you're going somewhere else, maybe you can squeeze out a day and do a stopover on the way up or on the way back. Yeah. yeah. It's a good way to break up a long trip. And then while you're driving, of course, listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that helps a lot. That gets you in the mood for those stopovers, too, to drink some beer. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that's what Tara and I do all the time. And, you know, we're, we're taking notes. And, well, actually, she's the one taking notes. And, um, <laughs> um, she's my database. So yes. um, that's, that's, how it, that's how it works. All right, so that's number two. Number three, uh, when you're looking for places uh, – to stop, what, what I usually do is, uh, let's say I'm going up to, to visit my family in Massachusetts. I'll look for, you know, I'll, I'll go to Google Maps. Mm -hmm. I'll map out the route and I'll look for a place that's, uh, you know, midway up, up on the trip. And then I'll zoom in and uh, do a search for breweries yeah. in that area. Yeah. And then you'll see a whole bunch uh, pop up. And if I happen to, to, to see a cluster all in one area, that gets my attention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that way I can see two, three, or maybe even four if I'm lucky in, in, the, same, uh, in the same day. Mm -hmm. uh, so look for that. That, that really helps you uh, with your time. Um, that way you don't have to spend a whole lot of time going back and forth uh, between breweries. Yeah, um, which leads right into number four. Which we, yeah, right for number four. Look for hotels that are nearby the brewery. Yeah, yeah. Now I I found that that can be a challenge because in a lot of these little towns, like uh, for us in between would be Pennsylvania, New Jersey, in there. You, what I've found is that in the center of town, you'll have several breweries. Mm -hmm. That, that you can go to. But for some reason, most of the hotels are on the outskirts. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're, they're by the, uh, you know, the uh, interstate yeah, exits and stuff like yeah. that. Um, um, but if you can find a hotel that's downtown, that, that's great. But, but that is hard to, to come by. Um, if, you, if you're looking for name brand hotels, they're, they're going to be on the outskirts, unless you're in a big city. Yeah. Uh, I, I think now what I what I'm finding now I'm not, now my wife is not too keen on the Airbnb thing, but I know a lot of people like to do that adventure. And now with the the kind of the booming of Airbnb, you might be able to find some Airbnb venues near those spots that people are just renting out a room or a house or or something for. A reasonable price that might be. An we found that too. actually in Asheville when we were in, went to North Carolina. They they people oh, yeah. had a beer themed Airbnb oh. rental, and Great. it was right in the middle of Asheville. Nice. But some of these little towns, like we went to uh, Brattleboro, Vermont, which is in the southeast corner of uh, Vermont, right on the right on the river between. Uh, the border of New Hampshire and uh, we couldn't find a hotel right in town. They were all again on the outskirts, but we did found this little tiny boutique hotel. It was a historic hotel. You could tell it was kind of, you know, aged and mm -hmm. it was clean, yeah. but you know, it was just old and, you know, but we stayed there anyway. It was, it was, it, it turned out to be a fantastic experience. Nice. So 
So sometimes you you know you look for uh, these little old. Another one we found was in Bangor, Maine. There was one right downtown. Um, again, one of these boutique older hotels that had a heyday, you know, thirty years ago, mm-hmm. forty years ago, yeah. whatever. But uh, still a great experience. Yeah. Let's see. That was uh, and yeah. If you if you can find a hotel within walking distance, that's great. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, you can. Uh, th- there are other ways to get around. We'll talk about that later. Uh, number five, don't limit yourself just to the breweries. Uh, consider other venues like uh, like bars or clubs mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, where were we? It was uh, North Adams, Massachusetts. They had a couple of breweries in town. Uh, I think that was one, one, one of the breweries there. I, I gave a five to, to one of their offerings. But then we're looking for other places, uh, you know, they didn't have very much in town, but we found this. We, we happened to walk by this pizza parlor. So we said, hey, let's get a pizza. So we walked in there and they had this bar set up with must be like 30 beers on tap. And they had the untapped <laughs> screens nice. up there. So you just never know what you're going to run into. Yeah. Um, you know, they had all kinds of offer, all local breweries that you just couldn't get. You know, like if you go to a brewery, you're just getting their yeah, stuff. Yeah. But you go to some of these other non-brewery venues, and you can try to try, try a whole bunch of stuff from a, a lot of other local breweries. You may not have an opportunity to get to. Yeah. So yeah. don't limit yourself just to the breweries. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, number number six is one that uh, that um, has bitten me before, and and just by experience, I had to uh, pay more attention to this. So go ahead and uh, uh, move on to that. Yeah, and, and, and this is one Tara beats me up with all the time. <laughs> <laughs> because, because what I do is first I, I, I look for the general area where I want to stop. Yeah. Then I look for the breweries. <laughs> then I say, okay, now that I know where I want to go as far as breweries go, where are the nearest hotels? Mm-hmm. And so then I'll book the hotel. <laughs> And hmm. well, I well I I I've learned enough to book hotels with cancelable rates. Yeah, yeah. Um, but invariably we're staying someplace on a Monday. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many breweries uh, are closed on Monday. Exactly. Maybe, yep. Exactly. Maybe you wouldn't be surprised. So Tara always yelled, "Didn't you realize these breweries are closed?" <laughs> we ran so, into that today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> So uh, I usually do the discovery of the town, the breweries, and the hotel, but then I hand it off to her, (laughs) and she checks the dates and the hours and all of that stuff to make sure that things are going to be open, you know, when we're going to be there. That way she can't yell at me. Yeah. And, you know, if we've got to switch, then we switch. But uh, um, so... And and sometimes breweries are closed for special events. This mm-hmm. happened to us in uh, uh, Pittsburgh, the Penn Brewery, uh, which is a, a, actually a fairly sizable brewery. Uh, we were going to go there on a Saturday, and you think, well, all breweries are open yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, they happen to be closed for a wedding. Oh, geez. Somebody somebody bought out the place uh, uh, for a wedding on a Saturday. Wow. So we had to adjust and we didn't realize that until just the last minute after we arrived, but we had plenty of other, you know, options. Uh, so we went back just later in the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
So I had a similar experience um, with planning my trip and then going and, and finding breweries and then realizing that the breweries I wanted to visit were, like you said, closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. They didn't open till Wednesday. And we were, we had already booked our hotels, our trip, our, uh, who we we're going to see. And this, we were doing kind of a beer tourism trip. Uh, but we also had to see family and, and we had certain things we had to be at certain times. So I really had to, uh, to, you know, once I, I had planned out the trip and then I went to go fill in the breweries and the, and I realized that, oh man, you know, these breweries I really wanted to visit are closed on the days I, I'm going to be available to see them. I was really bummed out. And so that, I also have to, you know, reiterate that that's a, it's a critical piece of the pie of the puzzle. Make sure of the hours the brewery is open uh, and the days are open. And as Jim pointed out, hey, make sure there's not a special event going on. They're not having some party or a wedding or something that's, you know, that's going to be closing down because, uh, you don't want to show up at a town and, and miss out on the opportunity to see the brewery you're really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, so what Tara does, she checks their website, and that, that kind of gives you the general hours that they're normally open. But then she uh, goes on Facebook or I don't know whatever else she does with social media <laughs> and to see, you know, for anything special that's going on. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. That's a good tip right there. Yeah, that we got burned so many times on that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't tell you. All right, that was number six. Number seven, uh, and it's kind of in the same vein, uh, going back to social media and, and the web, do some research on what they have to offer. You know, uh, you know you'll find some breweries, they focus on IPAs, mm -hmm. some on sours, yeah. whatever. And then uh, you can find out what's on tap today um, because they do switch things out. And maybe they have things in bottles. We've been mm -hmm. to places they have offerings in bottles or cans that they don't have on tap. Yeah. Um, do they serve food? Yeah. Uh, you know, you can schedule, uh, you know, lunch or dinner somewhere oh, yeah. if you know what their menu is and it's something that you like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Uh, try while while you're on the. Uh, at this adventure, as I call it, uh, try something new. If, if let's say you're an IPA person, uh, go somewhere and try a uh, uh, a brewery that uh, specializes in sours. Mm -hmm. Or we went to one in uh, Portland, Maine, that was a Gruet brewery. Oh, I think no. that's how you pronounce yeah, it. Gruet. Gruet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, it was quite interesting, and there were there were a couple that uh, you know I was uh, okay with. And if, for those of you not familiar with Gruet, uh, they don't use hops. They yeah. use other things yeah. like herbs and yeah. spices. They had they had some that had fungus that they used as a <laughs> enhancement. Um, um, interesting. Yeah. And I probably won't go there every day, but um, interesting to try. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess along that vein, if you if you go there earlier in the day, um, we find that works better for us. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go to places that uh, maybe not your style and you do that early in the day, then, um, you know, you probably won't drink that much. You just have some tastings, whatever, and then head towards the places for the styles that you're more compatible with. Yeah. Because then, then you'll have more time to relax and enjoy them. 
Yeah, yeah. The the key is to uh, is and this is a hard one to follow too. Is that a lot of times you'll go to a brewery and like you said, you planned it so that you know what this is not my style of stuff that I really like. But you go ahead and have some tasters, and you realize, oh my gosh, there's some stuff I really like, and you end up having a pint or two. And if you front load your beer drinking too early, then it kind of uh, hampers what you can do in, later in the you know as you go on in your, on your next stop. If you have if you're playing three stops in one afternoon or one you know afternoon and evening, and you enjoy the first place too much then the next two stops may not be you know you not be may not be able to drink as much as you were hoping because you've already filled up and uh, i mean this actually happened to me in israel my buddy alex uh planned a, a nice you know trip beer trip on a uh on a friday fridays or saturday in mm-hmm. israel and uh you know he said okay we're gonna go uh, outside of jerusalem to uh bet shemesh uh we're gonna go to this uh uh, Buster's, which is a cider place. He call, he's told me it's a cider place. Oh, okay, it's cider. Yeah, I'll, I'll have, you know, a couple drinks, you know, a couple samples of cider. I'm not, you know, it won't be anything great. Well, we get there and he didn't realize, I mean, he said, oh yeah, they also do some distilled spirits and they do some beer too. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's probably going to be a small little rinky dink place. I got there. Not only did I get there and I fall, fall in love with the, the venue, I fell in love with the owners. I fell in love with their beer, cider, and distillery. I end up, I could have drank all day right there, mm-hmm. uh, and that was only the first stop of three stops, and we were having a beer tasting, you know, later that night. So it was like a full day of, of drinking, and I could have spent the whole day at the first stop, and I wasn't thinking, and he, I don't think he was thinking that I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, but so yeah, you got to keep that in mind that that uh, that maybe you don't need, you know, have a schedule, but don't be upset mm-hmm. if if it doesn't work out the way you planned. Uh, and be flexible because maybe you might need to extend that trip an extra day if you if you realize that there was more to do than you uh, thought originally and you wanted to visit you know spend more time at certain breweries. And that's number seventeen. Oh, I I went ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I mean, all of this stuff kind of fits together. It's almost kind of uh, hard to to number them in any particular order, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Um, all right, number nine. Uh, make sure you eat before you drink. Of course. And actually eat while you're drinking. I, I remember when I was in college, I I was in a fraternity, and uh, <laughs> you know we had we had beer on tap in the in the party room, twenty four seven. Yeah. And uh, you know you, you'd start drinking, and then when you start realizing. Hey, uh, you know, I'm getting a little buzzed here. <laughs> I should probably put something in my stomach to, you yeah. know, to try to absorb some of this. And it is too late. <laughs> it's already too late. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get the food in your belly first. Yes, you gotta get that stuff in your bloodstream first. Yep. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah, you can't catch up. Yep, yep, that's a fact. And then and then uh, you know, snack a little at a time while you're drinking too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that helps. Yeah, some pretzels, pretzels yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, but never do it on an empty stomach. Otherwise, you're going to get looped real early. Yeah, and, um, exactly. Exactly. You know, and if you've done your research, like we talked back uh, a couple before, you can find out if a place serves food and if you like their menu and then just schedule it in, in the day to, you know, to be there at dinner time and, um, and, and have a good meal. Yeah. I agree. 
All right. That was number nine. Number 10, drink water. Yes. So important. <laughs> uh, alcohol is a diuretic, and it'll cause you to become dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's good to use water to cleanse your palate. Mm-hmm. So if you're drinking different beer styles, uh, uh, if you don't have something neutral in between, it uh, kind of throws off your palate a little bit. Yeah. So if I was to drink a, you know, a beer just straight as the first uh, sampling, I might have one opinion of it. But if I drink it immediately after something else, I might have a totally different opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not fair to the beer yeah. um, to judge it that way. No, I agree. And I think a good rule of thumb, and I know it's hard to follow this rule of thumb, but I think it's like, it's, you know, the doctors would say, drink one and a half glasses of water after every beer, basically, right? Because it's like you said, it's a diuretic. And Mm -hmm. that beer is going, that alcohol is going to cause you to urinate more and you're going to remove more water out of your system than you put into it. And they say one and a half. I'm you that know, seems like a lot. To that's me, a though. lot. That's a lot. And and uh, when I got back from Ireland because I had that dehydration issue, I was following the doctor's advice and I was drinking one beer and two glasses of water, two of the same glass I drank the beer, I was drinking water. And I realized, okay, this is great. It fills me up so I don't drink as much beer. But man, I'm not drinking as much beer. <laughs> I got yeah. all this water in me. <laughs> so I think if, if you could do at least a one-to-one or – you know, at least a half a glass per beer at a minimum, but try to do one glass per pint. I think that's a good balance to keep that high, you know, your hydration going. So you don't allow that alcohol to overtake, uh, you know, your bloodstream and, and keep, keep you hydrated too. Yeah. And if you happen to drink a lot of beer, uh, over the, over the course of the evening, you'll probably be in better shape the next morning. If, uh, if you drink a lot of water. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, but Tara always uh, uh, is is uh, amazed that uh, uh, I can drink as much beer as I want, and I will never, ever, ever get a hangover. That I will never get a hangover from drinking beer. Now, if I drink hard liquor, I will definitely get a hangover. <laughs> if I drink wine, I will get an. I won't get a hangover, no, but I'll get, get a, a yeah. severe upset stomach the next morning. Yeah. I'm my stomach is. That, but beer, I can I can drink beer. I I will be dehydrated for sure, but I I won't be in pain. I'll yeah. I'll be slow to act on things, but uh, <laughs> I won't be in pain. Yeah, you'll be like Chris was uh, Saturday morning. <laughs> it was worth it. It really was. <laughs> I had a blast on Saturday night, Sunday morning, just yeah. hanging out by the pool. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jim. This next one is. Uh, one that I I didn't I, I didn't think of, but it makes a lot of sense. So why don't you go ahead with number eleven? Number eleven, bring cash. Yeah. <laughs> if the brewery's crowded, uh, like like when we went to, uh, oh, what was the name of the brewery? Grist House, yeah, craft brewery, and and uh, where they had the uh, the the football mm-hmm. uh, uh, crowd there. Uh, Getting just getting the attention of the bartender. I mean, people were three deep at the bar just to just to grab a beer. Yeah. Now, if I was to set up a tab, it would take me a half hour just to uh, check out of my tab at the end. Yeah. Um, so what I did was I made sure. Uh, well, we've learned this over time. We bring we always bring cash, mm-hmm. and if we're in a situation like that, 
uh, we just pay cash as we go. Yeah. And, and that way, once we're done, we can just get up, walk out. We don't have to worry about grabbing anyone, get the check or yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. So cash is great. Yeah. That's a great now, job. Now, yeah. And I know your, your bar staff and the people who are serving you will always appreciate a cash tip more than yeah. a credit card tip. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, true. for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to use credit cards. Like, you know, I, I can keep records. And mm-hmm. if the place is not busy, yeah, I'll give them my credit card and then we'll start a tab mm-hmm. and because it's a lot easier yeah. in the long run. But mm-hmm. but in those crowded situations, cash is king. Oh, know? absolutely. For sure. All right. Uh, number 12, uh, keep notes. Uh, that's one thing I never did until I got uh, <laughs> untapped. <laughs> um. Although uh, I can always go to Tara, you know, I always say, well, Tara would know this, uh, uh, but, but it's good to keep notes. So that way you can always go back and see what, uh, you know, you thought of something before. Uh, plus if you use something like untapped, your friends will appreciate it too, because yeah. if, if you're considering making an expensive purchase, especially yeah. Yeah. you can see what they thought of it. And if you trust their judgment, then, uh, you know, you may be uh, more likely to fork something out to yeah. uh, take a flyer on it. Exactly. And then 13, uh, this fits right down Tara's. She loves to take pictures of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know people that take pictures of every meal before they uh, eat it. <laughs> We're not that obsessed, but uh, uh, Tara does like to take pictures of the establishment just so like if we go to three or four breweries in a day, they kind of run together and it's hard to remember which one was which. But if you take pictures, oh, yeah, now I remember that place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and she's on this kick now when she checks anything in the untapped, she's got to take a picture. Yeah. (laughs) With every check-in, and that Good for now you, Tara. She, she starts yelling at me now. You forgot to take a picture with your check-in. Yeah, the lighting's all wrong. Yeah. Uh, but not, not everyone's into taking pictures. But you know. Yeah. Uh, if, if you know if if it's important to you, you know, do it. I I think it, it can help. Yeah, for sure. What does she do with the pictures after she takes a bunch of pictures? Does she put them on? any other site or make albums of your trip or anything or does she just well, keep well she, she keeps records uh uh she has these uh external hard drives where she keeps uh records of all of our trips mm-hmm. and uh uh she has the dates and the names and all of that stuff okay. so nice and I don't know who's ever going to use them. It's probably just, you know, like we'll go back and reminisce, you know, remember that trip yeah. and you know, this and that. So it's it's mainly for us, yeah. really. Yeah. See, that was 13. Uh, 14, talk to the employees and the brewers. Uh, t- Tara's really good at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just loves to talk up with people, the servers, the brewmasters, if you can find them. Uh, you know, what were their origin stories? How did they get yeah. started? Yeah. You know, all the breweries have graphics for their different uh, uh, styles. You know, uh, is there any symbolism behind that? Um, where do they plan on going from here? Yeah. Uh, every brewery's got a different story and they're all interesting. Uh, they're all coming from different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find some, some places uh, uh, you had, like uh, we uh, 
where did we go? We went to uh, uh, Wicked Weed in uh, Asheville. Mm -hmm. And the story behind that, there were two uh, rich kids that didn't know what else to do with their money, and they decided to to start a brewery. Um, <laughs> they were brothers, though, weren't they? <laughs> I, I don't know. They might have been brothers. That I don't know. But by the way, I have a nephew who used to work at Wicked Weed. Um, and then when they built their Funkatorium a yeah. couple of blocks away, he moved over there. Okay. Uh, and his wife who's our niece, uh, she married him. Uh, she used to be a marketing person for uh, Green Man down in Asheville. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll save that for later. Okay. There's something else I was going to mention, but I'll save it for later. <laughs> okay. That was 14. Yeah, talk to the people. Yeah. They're, 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 they'll love to talk about their how they got started. And all of that. Yeah, it's it's all this the history and the secret, the things that you won't know unless you talk to, uh, talk to them. I I've mentioned on the podcast a number of times. I do the same thing. I want to find out about the history and and find out stories that no one else knows, right? And that, that little bit of interesting information is is very, it's fun. It's fun to find out. It feels like you've got a treasure in that visit. Yeah, we went to this brewery in. Uh... New Hampshire. No, no. It was in uh, upstate New York. And uh, we sampled their beer. It was incredible beer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really good beer. And uh, so we're talking to the bartender and, you know, say, well, you know, what's, what's the story behind this brewery? And they said, well, this guy and his wife, uh, they own this place. And they decided they just wanted to add uh, beer to the menu. So they hired this uh this guy brewmaster and uh but apparently there's some there was some tiff between him and um the owners so the uh the brewmaster's looking for another job somewhere <laughs> uh, so if he the whole brewery was all about him as an individual and if he leaves then that whole place is going to yeah. go down the tube so uh um but then you have other people, home brewers like Trek, you know, mm -hmm. decide to go and expand and, you know, they're into the beer itself, yeah. you know, and making, making, so tons of different stories out there yeah. and they're all really interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Where are we? Uh, uh, number 15, unless you have a designated driver, use another service to get around like mm. Uber, Lyft, taxis, or public transportation. Yeah. Or if you can walk. Yeah. It's a great way to burn calories. Yeah. <laughs> uh, walk around like Tara and I, 24,000 steps in <laughs> that one day. Um, and you know, cause you don't want to get behind the wheel. Don't no. drink and drive. Um, unless you go to this one brewery we went to, which was uh, in uh, Connecticut, where they made all non-alcoholic beer. Mm. So the, the place was actually quite packed. They had people in there. You know, we were talk, just talking to people at the bar. I can come here and drink all the beer I want, and I can still go home and drive. <laughs> so, <laughs> and actually, it wasn't bad beer. Um, yeah, it's the – I can't remember the name of the brewery, but uh, I think I mentioned the brewery on the show one time, uh, and I can't think of the name of it now. I can't remember off the top of my head, yeah. but uh, – I, I almost, I wanted to order, I wanted to, 
at one point I wanted to reach out to him and say, Hey, I'd love to have, I, I was going to buy his beer and ship it over to me and, and try it on the show because I was really intrigued by, I, I saw, I heard him on another podcast and he was talking about it, how much he put into the beer to make it taste like, you know, real beer. And, uh, and I thought, you know what, I want to, I want to try this beer. So I was going to, you know, buy some, but my gosh, it was like $40 to send, you know, a small amount of beer all the way to me. And I was going to write him and say, well, Hey, would you, would you mind sending me some beer? But I don't want to, you know, ask for handouts from a struggling small brewery <laughs> that, you know, that, uh, you know, that, you know, needs to make some money too. So, but yeah, I, I, I can't remember the name of the brewery, but I remember I was really intrigued when I, uh, right oh, up. wait, I think I actually I think we have some. Give me 10 seconds. I'm okay. going to run to the fridge and I'm going to grab a can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's got some in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Did he say that was in Connecticut? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, athletic Brewing Company. Is it athletic? That might be it. It might be athletic. We'll see what he says. Okay. I have in front of me a can of non-alcoholic light copper beer from athletic, it is athletic. Oh, yes yeah. it. chris called it he said when you left he says it's athletic i think i said uh, yeah i think that is the brewery yeah that's the brewery yeah. stratford connecticut we stopped there one time uh on the way to to visit my family they're up in massachusetts mm-hmm. so this is stratford that's in uh that's right along the coast southern uh, connecticut mm. so we stopped in the brewery uh like i said they were they were quite busy and uh um all all they're willing to admit is that all of their beers are less than 0.5 percent yeah yeah which is yeah they're less than the uh the legal amount they have to say it is yeah yeah <laughs> and actually their beers are not bad i mean i mean you can tell there's something lacking in, yeah. in, the, in the flavor but uh uh you know, if you really had to to drink non-alcoholic beer, their their beer is pretty good. Yeah, for non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, it's like um, I mean, it's not the same thing, but it's like Ghostfish is gluten-free beer in Seattle. It's it's they make they make gluten-free beer that's really gluten-free. They don't extract the gluten out. They right. they make it with ingredients that don't have any gluten. And I and I always say that it's it's hard to call it gluten-free beer because it tastes like real beer, right? This is like beer that it tastes like real beer with gluten in it, but it's made without gluten. And I, I mean, we love that brewery and, and uh, they, they do um, distribute now into Boise. So we pick up a, you know, a six pack of of their IPA and their, and their, uh, their Watchman Stout. Is that what it's called? Watchman or Stout, Watchtower Stout or something like that. And, and we enjoy it. It's really good, and uh, and it's also you know better for Sarah. She's she's not gluten intolerant, or you know having gluten allergies, but gluten is just not good for her system. So she doesn't drink a lot of beer. She drinks it in very small quantities. But when she does want to have a a full beer or drink a couple, you know, going with the gluten free option is better for her. And it's nice to have uh, have that those options but yeah and having a non-alcoholic option is nice too because sometimes you just want to have the flavor of a good beer without having the side effects of the alcohol yeah and uh i i when i was at the brewery i asked well how do you get the alcohol out and they wouldn't tell us they said that's (laughs) proprietary (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. We got to find a secret. Yeah. And I, and I guess, uh, uh, the, the, the three main grains that have gluten are wheat, rye, and barley. Mm-hmm. So if you can find some other grain besides those three to make your beer, then you won't have gluten to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. They use uh, millet, rice. Some use buckwheat, but I don't like the buckwheat. Well, buckwheat, some, some are okay. They're not too bad. But the sorghum ones we don't like, mm. uh, they come across too tangy. Like they have a tanginess to it that just irritates right. us. But the... They don't use a lot of sorghum at the ghost fish. They use mostly millet and one other, uh, I can't think of the other uh, grain they use that uh, is good. But And rice, they use some rice too. But they do a mixture of, of different different types of grains that, uh, that, give them, that gives them the body they need because uh, each thing gives a little bit different characteristic. Yeah, my daughter, one of my daughters lives uh, within walking distance of a, brewery that claims that they're gluten-free they're actually gluten reduced yeah, but uh yeah. um but but their beer is pretty good mm-hmm. uh okay let's uh let's continue uh, number 16 uh don't forget about your non-beer interests while you're traveling yeah uh parks museums historical sites whatever else you're into um because uh as you probably know, most breweries don't open up until midday at the earliest and yeah. some even later. And you got to find something else to do <laughs> in the morning <laughs> and the early afternoon. Um, so I, I, I personally like anything dealing with history. Tara likes art. I'm yeah. not a big art person, but oh, uh, I love art. Sometimes, sometimes we can work the two together. Um. But we both like nature, walking on nature trails or taking hikes in the woods and mm-hmm. um, yeah. stuff like that. So, And another thing we like to do, just, just walking, like if we're in a city, just walking around, getting lost and just checking out different neighborhoods mm-hmm. and uh, just seeing what they look like. And, yeah. And, and uh, that way uh, we burn off enough calories where we uh, don't feel as guilty about drinking <laughs> later in the day. That's right. And then number 17, uh, which you gave us a preview on before, Denny, uh, while it's good to have a plan, don't be afraid to deviate and be spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, the plan is just a guide. We're here to have fun, not to be a slave to the schedule. Yeah. Great, great advice. Great advice. And then we'll wrap it up with uh, uh, pace yourself. It's not a race. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're my daughter, Andell, who's got to uh, do, do everything. Um, <laughs> enjoy and savor the experience. And This is something Tara and I say all the time. If, if you didn't get to take part in everything you wanted, that can actually be a good thing. It gives you a reason to go back. Yeah. Because yeah. usually, yeah, I'm more of a big picture person. She's more of a detail person. She's the one that works out the schedule uh you know day to day hour by hour you know where we should be to make sure everything's open and all of that but then uh, invariably uh, we can't do everything that uh you know she had put together you know so I, you know i i'm always the one coming back with you know well that that gives us a reason to go back yeah. you know yeah. we uh, didn't get a chance to do everything yeah yeah good point good point you can't all do it in one one trip and when we were in ireland 
I knew that we weren't going to be able to do everything. And I, I didn't, you know, I had, uh, I had an uh, itinerary of things that I'd like to do, but I wasn't going to hold anyone, to, you know, to make sure we got them all. But I, I definitely highlighted the, the big picture thing so that, hey, um, if we had 10 items on this list of this town we want to do, these two are the ones we need to do. Everything else is not that important. We can always do that on another trip. And that's the way I, I went about it. And and for the most part, we just happened to be able to hit most of the stuff we wanted to, to see. And then on the areas where we didn't realize that there was as much as we wanted, like like when we go back to Ireland, I've got to go back to Kilkenny because Kilkenny was a town that I didn't think there was going to be anything for us to do really. And I wanted to stay in our night because, you know, we saw a lot of stuff. We walked like all over that town, but even doing that, we still missed a section of town that I wanted to go visit that we just didn't have time to see. And so I definitely go back there. I want to go back to uh, the Waterford area. Even again, we walked all over the, the town there, but there was still a lot of activities just outside of town that we want to go and, and revisit. And so it just leaves us for more stuff that we, we know that we want to, uh, to revisit and make another trip back to Ireland. Yeah, and and even though uh, uh, maybe you've even seen most of what you wanted to see, after a certain amount of time goes by, everything's different when yeah. you go back. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's still going to be new things uh, to take a look at Yeah, uh, when you go back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and the whole point is if, if you're having a great time in one place, just because you put a, a schedule together earlier that says you should move on to the next place, if you're really enjoying what you, you remember, you're the one that put the schedule together. Yeah. No one imposed that on you. Yeah. You can, you can just, uh, you know, stay there and have your good time. That's right. That, that's the whole point. That's right. That's right. And we have done, uh, we have changed our schedule on local like trips to go to, you know, places in the states. You know, we've we've gone ahead and and rescheduled and. And stayed extra spots in, in areas that we uh, we enjoyed, and and just uh, either extended the trip or uh, you know just lessened the trip in another area because we you know if you're having fun, you might as well keep having fun. You don't sure. know you don't know if you're going to have the same amount of fun the next stop you stop at, so you might as well. Yeah, you might have forced yourself to move on, and yeah. then uh, you realize oh, we should have stayed back there. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, Jim. This was a fantastic topic and a great list with some awesome advice. I really appreciate you taking the time to let, you know share your experiences and, and the stuff that you've learned over all these years of, of doing beer tourism. So thank you very much. Yeah, glad to do it. Okay, well, guess what? Uh, we've been going two hours. Uh, we made it. <laughs> we made it to the two-hour limit. But now it's, it's the perfect it's, amount of time. It's a perfect amount of time. I thought we'd be going two and a half hours, but no, I think we'll be about two hours. Uh, but before we close out the show, it's always a good, you know, we like to give the opportunity to go and raise a toast, a, give a cheers out to some people that give a cheers to. So Jim, uh, why don't you go ahead? You, anyone you'd like to give a cheers out to tonight? Well, I, I guess uh, I'd like to give a cheer to all my family, Tara, for putting up with me <laughs> for all this time, and uh, and my kids, of course, that, that I mentioned. Uh, they're, they're a great bunch of kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then also, uh, I, I had started talking about uh, my niece in, in Asheville, mm -hmm. 
her name is Elise. Uh, she's married to Andrew Ross. Uh, he's he's the one that uh, worked at Wicked Weed. I guess he was like a, an assistant brewmaster, which means I guess he cleans all the kettles and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Andrew. Uh, actually, he goes by Ross, even though that's his last name. He oh. likes to be called Ross. Okay. Uh, a couple of years ago, he opened up a uh, uh, a bar called The Whale in West Asheville. And, uh, uh, you know, we've been to Asheville a few times. And if you've ever been to Asheville, there's a lot of great breweries there. You go to the hotels and they, uh, uh, they serve all local beer, uh, which is great. Um, but... Since everybody else does that, his bar uh, focuses on hard-to-get beers that are not from Asheville. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if you live in the Asheville area and you're looking for something different, then go to the Whale in West Asheville, and uh, Ross will set you up with uh, some really knockout beers that are hard to get. And it's a rotating thing, so you, it's it's like going to TJ Maxx. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, I guess he should have named the 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 bar hashtag Wells Bro for Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, actually, there there is a skeleton of a whale uh, hanging from the ceiling ah. in the place. Oh. Okay, when I get to Asheville, I'll have to stop there and get some of these rare beers you can't get anywhere else for sure. Yep, tell them I sent you. I will, mm -hmm. of course. <laughs> Actually, we've been talking about uh, making a trip back to Asheville because we are overdue. So that's just one more place I just added to my list. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there we go. All right, Chris, how about you? Who'd you like to raise a glass to tonight? I would first off, Jim, I would love to raise a glass to you, sir. Thank you very much for spending the time with us this evening. It was great to have you on here and ha finally get to chat with you. Um, and then I would also like to raise a glass to a good friend of ours, Erica Castillo, just had a uh, baby girl on the 16th of oh, this month. Nice. Uh, so congratulations to her on little baby Leilani. Uh, she's a very, very cute little girl and uh, can't wait to meet her. Well, good. Yeah, I'll raise a glass of that. Cheers to Leilani. And uh, yeah, Jim, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you tonight. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come and, and chat with Chris and I and going the extra mile by setting up this really nice uh, topic for our listeners. I really appreciate all that. So I, I raise my glass to you. Cheers to you, sir. Of course, uh, I, I, I'll raise my glass. I, I always like to raise uh, a glass to all the servicemen and women out there. And since your son just got out of the, the Army, I want to raise a glass to him. Uh, cheers to his service. I really appreciate his ser service in protecting our freedoms. And, of course, all the servicemen and women out there who are protecting our freedoms, allowing us to come out here and drink beer, talk about beer, and share it with all of our friends. Uh, and I just hope that they all can come home to their families very soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a, a toast out to our sponsors? 
I'd love to raise a glass to B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Or you can check out the other things that they have going on at fermentedreality.com. Check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out on the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some boating, B Cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. Also, go visit our friends at Tavor.com. You can use the promo code TAPTHECRAFT, which is all one word, and they'll give any new user a $10 credit after they spend $25. All right. And you can find the beers and the link. Well, can't find any links. I don't have any articles. You can find the beers <laughs> mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? So you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82 or untapped and Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, you can always find me on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right. And Jim, do you know your untapped username off the top of your head? Um, <laughs> to, be, to be honest, no. Tara uh, might know that. Uh, it's, she probably does. I, I'm, I'm guessing it's my first initial and last name, well, J-K-U-D-Z-A-L. All right. Well, let me see if I can find you. Maybe you can look it up and uh, you is, can tell uh, me. It's J K U D Z A L. Oh, right. You, hey, you nailed it. Good guess. All right. Yeah. Go and follow Jim <laughs> and Tara. Tara and you know what? Tara's is even. Uh, Tara's is even shorter. T B C A R L S. Yeah. Yeah. These two are out there just conquering the world of beer. I love seeing all their check-ins. Uh, so yeah, go follow them for sure. And and and. Uh, Jim, is Tara uh, shy? She didn't want to come on and, and share the mic with you, or does she want to come on her, by herself later on? Well, she might come on later. She just wanted to see how it went with me first. <laughs> <laughs> let, let you uh, work out all the mistakes. Okay. So, yeah. Well, yeah. maybe because uh, well, maybe what we could do is maybe on some future uh, show, uh, maybe the two of us together. Okay. Come on. Yeah, she, she she might be shy to do it all by herself. Okay, that's I what I was that. thinking. She might be shy, but hey, there's nothing to be shy about. We're all friends, right? It's just uh there's nothing too uh too scary about just chatting about mm. beer. I mean, you weren't nope. too scared, were you? No, she but she, her I guess her thing is oh, it's a guy thing, you know. And... <laughs> Wait, she's the one that found the podcast and insisted on you yeah. listening to it. So it's not just a guy thing. Yeah, well, that, well, yeah, that's how it all started because she's <laughs> she's really in the podcast. She listens to all kinds. Well, on her commute to work, she yeah. back and forth. She listens to the podcast, and then uh, you know she found this one, and uh, then and that's how we get started. She so she was the one that discovered it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, tell her she has nothing to be scared of. Uh, if she wants to come back on with you, she's more than welcome. If she wants to come alone. And show you how it's done, then that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, fine with me. Uh, yeah, she's always welcome. You guys are both always welcome. So, all right. Well, hey, it is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you all for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, and now on Spotify or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. 
Cheers. Cheers. We are running a little bit longer, which is okay because <laughs> our listeners like long shows. Yeah, we enjoy them because, uh, you know, when we're in the car just uh, driving, <laughs> driving six I, I don't hours know what we're going to do when we run out of those last 12 episodes. <laughs> you can just have to wa- find other ones. Well, just listen to them again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've already forgotten the first half anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is a brand new show. This is some <laughs> material you didn't even know existed. Yeah.